Hey, pardon my take, listeners. You can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. On today's part of my take, Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter. Yep, we got the captain on the show. Hey, he's still so mad about it. He was like, we went into the interview and Hank was like, he's going to suck. And then he was I did very not good. Say that. That's yeah, he a did. Lie. He's like, he's going to suck. But he was lie. very good. Uh, great interview with Derek Jeter. Uh, we're going to do. Monday Night Football recap, Hot Seat, Cool Throne, Guys on Chicks, a packed show for you. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Welcome to Part of My Take, presented by Game Time, the exclusive ticketing app for Barstool Sports. Today is Wednesday, September 28th, and Danny Dimes has done it again. 0-9 in primetime games. The Cowboys beat the Giants. Um, I, I was actually thinking about it. It's it's unfortunate for Danny Dimes that he is playing for the Giants because he does have to play so many primetime games. And it wasn't even his fault on Monday night. But that game, watching that game, it reminded me, because like being able to actually focus on one game, it reminded me that Daniel Dimes has the worst internal clock of any quarterback I've ever seen in my All life. Right, so it's funny that you said that because the, literally the only note I made from last night's game was Danny Dimes... He stands in the pocket for about one second and then he takes off. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't know if it's necessarily that he's got a bad internal clock most of the time in terms of getting sacked, but he just he doesn't let the clock play out long enough sometimes. And then when he should be having the alarm goes off, go off, he doesn't. Right. So he's like opposite. It's like the broken clock is, is right twice a day. Somehow, Daniel Jones is a correct clock that's wrong at all hours of the day. He's like just like 10 minutes either ahead or 10 minutes behind. 
but he's never on schedule. So at the end of the game, he rolled out of the pocket, and he had a linebacker coming at him from about 15, 16 yards away. And he just kind of stood there like a video game. He's like, he'll never get here. With the controller unplugged and just was just like bouncing and pulsing. Yeah. And then just gets fucking rocked and throws the ball sideways out of bounds. Then all the other times in the game, he'll drop back in the pocket. He'll look over to his right. That dude's not open. Fuck it. I'm going to take it and run. And he can run. In a perfect pocket. And so, yeah, he can run. He just. He also had the special of he would roll right. And there would be, it was usually uh, Lawrence or Micah Parsons or someone, the Cowboys defense was great. They pressured him all night long, would just be running after him. And it was like watching like the movie Scream, where you're like, don't open that door. And Daniel Dimes like, dude, what's going on? Like, if you're a Giants fan, you're spending the entire time yelling at the TV, watch out. I like the Daniel Dimes. Yeah. I, I think we've only heard like... It's Daniel like Jones, Shaq O'Neal. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Jones or Danny Dimes. Daniel, Daniel Dimes. Dimes. Damn, Daniel Dimes was back at it again. With the bad internal clock. And it wasn't, <laughs> I actually don't think that that was all on him that game because the Giants have no receivers. Yeah. They don't really block well. Saquon looked awesome. And the Cowboys defense, like, Dan Quinn is a really fucking good defensive coach. He's going to be a head coach. I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to, uh, maybe. I'm going to no, call it, I'm going to call it right out. Dan Quinn will be a head coach again. And he's going to go like eight and eight. Then he's going to go five and eleven. Then he's going to go five eleven again. Get fired. Then he's going to go somewhere. Went to a Super Bowl and though. be the best coordinator in the league yeah. again. Like and some some people are meant to be coordinators, and that's okay. I don't know what it is about our society these days that says that the pinnacle of everything is to be if you're in the coaching sphere is to be a head coach. Like yeah. sometimes you can just be really happy being really fucking good and the best defensive coordinator in the league, and then everybody always wants you to get a head coaching job, and then you just take the interviews for the head coaching job, come back and get a raise. Look who's look who's living proof of the, of you should just do that is Brent Venables. He just lost to Kansas State at home. He should have just stayed at Clemson forever getting like $1.5 million a year, and every time Clemson lost, Dabo gets clowned, not him. Yeah, that's perfect. Also, is there any chance that, let's say, hypothetically, Urban Meyer goes to Nebraska, and then Taylor Martinez is like, I'd like to transfer one more year before this year's over, yeah, and he goes year. back to Nebraska. He probably has another. I think they. I think they would grant him another year just to go back to Nebraska. But we should also mention Cooper Rush, three and zero as a starter. Looked like Cooper Rush has now made himself a lot of money because he does. He's he doesn't look incredible, but he looks more than competent as a backup. I'm telling you, Biquette, the ball kind of jumps off his hands sometimes. And it's not like he's got a cannon for an arm. I don't think. He's got like a really compact windup, and the ball goes further than, than you think it would, based on how he throws it. Yeah. So he's yeah he's made himself a lot of money as a backup, and uh, Jerry Jones even I think today he said something along the lines of it'll be interesting to see what happens when Dak comes back. Yeah. Because like he's put pressure, and Jerry Jerry fucking loves a quarterback controversy. Oh, he loves. That's it. what he gets out of whatever uh, hyperbaric chamber he sleeps in to extend his life. That's how he gets out of that area in the morning, and he's like, I can't wait to stir up some controversy with my team and talk about the quarterback. And he also, like, he, he comes from uh, the cradle of quarterbacks. I think it's the cradle of coaches, but I'm going to call the Mac the cradle of quarterbacks. Central Michigan, you got Ben Roethlisberger, Bruce Gredkowski, um, Char- everyone. Chaz Batch. Jules. Jules, good mm-hmm. point. Jordan Lynch. A lot of, lot of great quarterbacks went on to be great pros out of the Mac. So, yeah, Cooper Rush. I mean, I, and again, the Cowboys defense is just fucking good. They're, like, they are – I think it's – it's they have a lot of good players, but it also just proves that, like, if you can get that one guy, which is obviously harder said than done, but that one guy who can just wreck every play in Micah Parsons, 
everyone else's job gets easier. Mm-hmm. That one time when he got double teamed and then like skirted the double team and then just blew up the guard and then got the quarterback. It's like this guy, he can't be blocked. Yeah. Eleven from heaven, as Skip Bayless says. Yeah. Skip recorded a nice video after the game was over last night of him just just like his nut face into the camera. Yep. He was just like, Oh yeah. This is awesome. He loved man. I, I, the world is a better place when Skip Bayless and Steve, Stephen A. Smith are drawing at each other from cross-country into their phones without ever addressing the other person by name. Yes. Because when Stephen A. Smith puts on the cowboy hat and he goes on first take in the morning, he's not doing that to get under Greeny's skin. No. He's not doing that to get under the fan skin. He's doing that knowing that Skip still watches film about him and thinks about him every day and sometimes accidentally calls Shannon by... Stephen A. Smith's yes. name when they're debating. Correct. And vice versa, when Skip Bayless talks about the Cowboys, he's not betting cases of Diet Mountain Dew with LaShannon Sharp. He's betting his own heart to Stephen A. Smith, who he knows is watching that tape later on that day. Yes, absolutely. And um, yeah, the Cowboys, I, I'm, I'm starting to like fall for the Cowboys again. I need, Batgirl, I need you to like just set me straight that we're supposed to hate the Cowboys. This is my problem with just being like, oh, I'm rooting for this team this year. I don't know all the you know the history because like I watched that Cowboys defense. I was like, if Dak comes back and he's okay, like this Cowboys team similar to last year. I'm like, oh, then Michael Gallup comes back. Mm-hmm. CD Lamb, shout out CD Lamb for that horrendous drop in the first half, and then he did the my bad, which I love. Whenever Are it's like s- totally, that, yeah, was that really his fault? Yeah, it was like a wide open in his hands. My bad, guys. Yep, thank you. That's I, leadership. The craziest part about that drop that he had was I don't think he ever even extended his hands to catch the ball. The ball just landed in his hands where his hands were and just went right through. It was the perfect pass. It was the perfect pass. You could and, not have thrown a and, more perfect ball. And I'm I'm trying to get better at maybe not like just completely uh, cell phoning myself. Um, which one did I say there, Hank? Cell phone. I did say cell phone. Um, it. I'm I'm trying not to like have the total knee jerk reactions because I, in the first half I was like, are we sure CD Lamb is good? That's what I was thinking. And then he went on to make like incredible plays. Yeah, no, he's nasty and win the game. Yeah, he's an incredible wide receiver. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys. I also Fuck. like. Did you see Jerry Jones' celebration after the game? No, it was awesome up in the box. Oh yeah, yeah. Jerry Jones in the box when he's happy is so perfect because I think he had an opportunity to execute upwards of ten or eleven various handshakes and fist bumps and he missed all of them yeah every single one of them was a fist bump to another guy's handshake or a handshake to another guy's fist bump. and then he was just the rich people are fucking amazing at yeah. missing handshakes and then he was just rich people and golfers yeah which golfers. i guess is a good venn diagram yes it is but uh he was just staring at his team after like picking his fingernail and i just assumed that he was like being like yes my pretties mm-hmm. like they finally won a game like this is great but yeah the cowboys defense is real the giants I think the Giants are exactly what we thought. Like they're a, they're a frisky team, but they're not a good team yet. I mean, they were. We said it before. Like, could you imagine the Giants being three and zero? I could not. So that's why I took the Cowboys last night. And like, I don't. The Giants versus Bears this week will be a battle of like whoever wins that game will be three and one, and that's stupid. Yeah, that makes no well, sense. I think I think the Giants are definitely. Uh, I put them in the punching above their weight class category. Yeah, yeah they're so, their so, first year head coach. They're frisky. They're so doing the Giants things. can beat a team that's better than them, and they can also lose to a team that's worse. Than yeah, them. they can lose to the worst. But, team. but usually they can beat a team that's better than them, but they can't compete with a team that's better than them that is playing at like their normal level. Yeah, they have to have an off game. They have against, to make you. Yeah. You have to look at the Giants and be like, we're going to play down a little bit then the Giants will beat you 100% of those games. Right. The Giants can beat the Bills if Josh Allen turns the ball over six times. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And uh, they could lose to the Seahawks just 
straight up. Yeah, um, I wanted to point this out because somebody did point it out to me yesterday that the hat that I wore on Sunday night show went six and zero against the spread it, and six and zero money line. Now it what I why well, this it sounds sucks. like you're doubting. No, it was, was it a ba- Sunday or Thursday. What do you mean? The, the Bears didn't cover, but that's whatever. Okay, so yeah, so, so, money, money, so money line. Yes, so money yes, line. Yes, no, but, but they they, they pushed, pushed. Slot, either you pushed or lost. They it was pushed. three or three and a half. Okay, so the hat went undefeated money line, money line yep. including several underdogs. Correct. And the uh, Jaguars and, were on there, and right? the Jaguars were on there. It actually was better than I thought it was because I looked at the hat last night. And there are two other teams. I forget what they are because I don't have the hat on me right now. But there are two other teams that are on that front panel that also won money line. One of them, I think, was an underdog as well. So it really went eight and zero money line. That will never happen again. So I, I think I'm going to take the bill of the hat this week. I'll bring it in. Okay. We'll talk about it Thursday, and we'll put together a bill parlay and see okay. if the hat. I like I, that. It's just or wear it backwards. I was thinking. Yeah. I, so I could wear it backwards. Colin Coward would fucking hate that. But on the back, it's got more teams. So it's more likely that it could lose. Or hmm. bigger bigger odds. I don't know. We'll see if the hat can rise to the occasion. I think you take the back of the hat, not as a parlay, just all of them straight just up. Just straight up? Yeah. Yeah. Front of the hat, back. Good. And then what about the bill, though? The bill may be a save for when we need to like get out of jail free. The bill like is we need for a rainy day. Monster oh, win. yeah. For a rainy day. That's yeah. perfect for yes. the brim of the hat. Yes, exactly. Breaking case of emergency. Okay. The bill of the hat. What were you going to say, Billy? Did you guys see who was wearing number 13 on the Giants last night? Who? David Sills, who played at West Virginia, but yes. if you remember way back, that was the quarterback who was 13 who was offered by Lane Kiffin at USC, and now that's how the story panned out. He switched to wide receiver, and now he's playing the NFL. Look at him. Yeah, it could have been you, Billy. Yeah. yeah. And we also had an almost focused. all-time Mike McCarthy move, which Jake Ferguson, Barry Alvarez's grandson, fun fact, um, went out of bounds at the end of the game. And that, that play was stupid to begin with, like, they're like, hey, we just need to run the ball and we can get it to, like, 50 seconds. And they're like, no, let's pass it and have it run towards the sideline short of the sticks mm-hmm. and hope it works. And it didn't. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. And Mike McCarthy, it was going to be an all-time Mike McCarthy bonehead, but we were robbed of that. Am I the only one that has thought that uh, Ezekiel Elliott isn't the best running back on the Cowboys for the last, like, two and a half years? Yeah, I mean, Tony Pollard gang has always been hyping him up. I feel like three, for the last, a lot of people. For the last three years, it's been it's been pretty obvious to me, at least. Yeah. That Although, Pollard is, he's, he just looks like a fresher guy. Like, well, Ezekiel, he he's earned his contract, and by that I mean, like, he was good before he got paid. And so they kind of paid him money, which I think... And Jerry loves him. And Jerry loves him, but... When you have like an older running back, and by older I mean really after their first big contract, it's tough to stay fresh for that long. Tony Pollard, he runs like he's still hungry. I so the only thing that I, I agree, he always looks like the the fresher, faster running back. I always wonder though, like is that because he doesn't get the first down carries when everyone knows you're going to run and like has to run between the tackles type of stuff? Yeah, man, like it, he gets the he gets he gets the third down plays. He gets he gets stuff that. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott has to get like some of the hard yards, and then Tony Pollard can come in and be like a little thunder and lightning. Yeah, I which mean, I love whenever a backfield claims they have thunder and lightning. That definitely, that definitely could be one. Remember uh, Lindale White and Reggie Bush, the, yeah. the eat and run duo. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. were the best. They were awesome. Um, yeah, I was actually looking it up because <clears throat> Tony Pollard is a good is a good lesson that like. If you if you are going to raise your kids to play one sport, it should be or two sports it should be basketball or baseball because Tony Pollard is a good NFL running back. 
he has made three and a half million dollars total in his career. Yeah, see, he because he had he was not drafted high. He was a fourth round pick, and he hasn't gotten his big contract yet, and that's got to suck. Yeah, he needs to get paid. So I, what's going to happen definitely is he's going to get paid, and then he's going to turn into yeah. Someone's going to try to he, feature him. He's going to look slow, and yeah. then the guy behind Tony Pollard, everybody be like. Yo, does anybody think that this guy's better than Tony Pollard? Right, exactly. But I, I someone's gonna like the Jets are gonna give him like forty million dollars. Yeah, it's just a bummer because he's been good for a while. Yeah, and he's looked better than Ezekiel, and Ezekiel is getting paid so much more money. Um, the only other thing I had was that uh, halftime was so awkward, where Joe Buck unfortunately had to interview Jimmy Kimmel. That sucked. Yeah, I hated it because that's Boomer's time. Yeah, Chris Berman should have been on my television. Well, and also Jimmy Kimmel, like, I just. Jimmy Kittle seems like a nice guy, but, like, the comedian that he has become, knowing the comedian he was, like, it just sucks to watch him. Because well, he's just become, like, this, like, super safe, like, haha, like, here's the joke. Uh, it's going to be the joke that I've said a million times. Like, dude, you used to do the man show. We yeah. used to watch, you know, girls jump on trampolines. You used to be the guy. I know that, times have changed. You used to be the guy that would make your dog wear a mask so that when it walked in the room while you were jacking off. It looked like a hot chick. Right. And now you're talking to Joe Buck and being like, <laughs> uh, my workout routine is really yeah. tough. You know, I'm, I'm religious about that. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go on Howard Stern tomorrow. Yeah. Is that crazy? <laughs> Baba Booey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. My family's watching the game here and then my other family's betting on the game in Las Vegas. So, I mean, gambling's legalized everywhere. Yeah. I've Jimmy. got Guillermo. He's. He loves the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Buck, you could tell. He was like, dude, I just want to take a piss. Yeah. Let me take a piss. And the audio at the end, I don't know if you guys noticed, it was crazy. It was wild to watch. It was so out of sync. It was, I, I said it in the moment, I was like, it's like when you find a, a porn video that's out of sync and you're like, what's going on here? Like, you, they would snap the ball and then you'd hear the snap and then you'd hear the whistle like well after a flag was thrown. Mm -hmm. I don't know what ESPN is doing, but clean that shit up. I don't know what porn you're watching. I mean, that that's old school, like when you look it up and you're like, uh, you you've never watched a video where the the audio is out of sync. I honestly like don't, back in the day. I don't. I've watched scrambled porn. No, when you like find a video, it's just like it's not lined up. And you're sometimes like, this that, is weird. And sometimes that happens when you're like trying to fast forward through the video and you restart it halfway and you have bad internet. Way back in the day, yeah, that no, might be it. Like yeah. when you try to. Start I think that's. I think that still happens when the when the audio is just fucked up. Anyone want to back me up? No one's ever. All right. A lot of people were saying that they agreed. No? Okay. All right, I'm out on an island. I guess I'm, I'm the I only want, one who's ever seen a video where the audio is fucked up on a porn. I want I want to be in that boat with you, Big Cat. Billy? Jake and I grew up with, like, high, high internet. High speed, yeah. yeah. Streaming. Yeah. I'm not even... I don't think it's an age issue. I are, think it's are you talking literally, about, like, there's some bad videos out there that, like, you try to watch it, and it's just like, all right, well, this audio is just fucked up. Are you talking about online or, like, a DVD? Online. Online. No, DVD is clean. I th I feel like what you're talking about is online when you try to fast forward but way back in the day, and your internet was slow, so when it would recalibrate... I'm going to find one Sometimes, for you guys. I'll find please one do. for you guys. Please yeah, do. I don't think it's a... I'm not even talking about an internet thing. It's just this happens. We'll throw it in the YouTube. People will, people will back <laughs> me up on this. This definitely happens, where it's like, wait, these don't match up. It's like there's moaning and then they're, they're they still have their clothes on or something. What's going on? Well, all right, that's fine. I'll just be stuck out here by myself <laughs> on Horny cool, Island, guys. No, it's not even horny. Those videos suck, but they happen. I've seen them before. Thank you, Hank. Why were you holding back? Oh, now you're saying no. No, he's just trying to make. You I mean, feel a good. lot of people were agreeing with me online. So no, I guess I, I, no, I guess I, I'll just be on my own. I remember that big cat. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I don't need I don't need pity. You guys, Jake, do you remember that? I'll do some research. I can't say I've had any personal experiences with that issue. I, I don't want to think of you watching porn. That, like, bums me out. 
No offense to you. Fine. But it does. Like, you're not... I just... Yeah. You're our darling Jake. You don't Thank do you. that stuff. Yeah. You don't touch yourself. <laughs> All right. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Um. Okay, so... We, we taped a little out of order today, and we did Guys on Chicks already. But, Hank, you alluded to this, um, and I would like to hear what Jake and Billy say as Yankee fans. Are we concerned about Aaron Judge at this point? It feels like it's concerning time. I, I kind of think he might be overswinging. Yeah, I think he, there's a lot of pressure. I think he needs, he needs an Albert Pujols dick ball that's, like, juiced to, to the gills as well. He needs that. He's going to do it. On Friday night when I am there. Oh, okay, there you go. So your shot. Sixty-one and sixty-two. He's gonna hit one of them. He, he might hit one of them. He's going to hit. Yeah, one of them. How many games are left? Uh, nine. Oof. Okay, if there was a way, nine at the time of this recording. If there was a way for it's Big Cat to so hit his time. bet, and for everybody else out there that took Big Cat's bet to win their bet, and still have him fail at it, that's what I want to have happen. Because that's possible, right? it, it is not possible. It yeah. would be. I know, but I'm just saying, like. I can't root against it because Big Cat has money. It's the people more it, than me, and I won't do that. But I gave it to the people. It would yeah, be we'll have the bet. It would be yeah. very. It'd be very funny if he if he just got stuck on sixty. It is. It, it, it is weird. <laughs> yeah. Um. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. No. I. I don't even care. I'm rooting for the people as well. But yeah. It. It, it doesn't. The when he bet strikes out. It's. It's one it, of those kind of hits. Yeah. It's one of those bets that if I per, if I just personally took it and I hadn't put it on our sportsbook app and the people hadn't rode with me i wouldn't care like if it was like you could lose money but also this would be hilarious i'd be all in like that would be very funny but i do feel bad for the people because people rode the bet and here's uh, the thing I it'd think be once, a real shame i think once i know you're hits, rooting against me Hank. no you i'm not i just said me. i'm for the people once he hits 61 i think it would all be the a shame off yeah. yeah, I think a lot of it, too. a lot of it goes away, and we could see two in a game. I, I think he'll probably go. He's going to get it. He's going to get it. But it'd yeah. be it'd be very funny if he did. The greatest uh, the the stat I saw because this is it is weird that the whole conversation is about and Hank has alluded to this like sixty two when we're just erasing Barry Bonds from the history books, but and Sammy and, and Mark, S- yeah, and Sammy and Mark multiple times, and uh, but there, I did see last night Aaron Judge took his 18th intentional walk this year. Yeah, the guys are avoiding him, too. Right. Barry Bonds Bonds had 120 intentional walks in 2004. How absurd is that? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. 120 times. I think he got walked twice in his career. That's how fucking crazy he was. Yeah, also one thing, we talk about it with Jeter in a few minutes, but Jeter's last hit was a home game at night in September against the Orioles this weekend, Friday night. Home game September at night against the Orioles. The signs. That's not that wild. The That's signs. Pretty wild. No, Hank. you no, always no, finish. No, you always no. finish your season against a division. No, opponent. Hank. How no. many? I mean, I agree, listen, I agree with Hank on that. That's mild. I can look at the Yankee yeah. schedule last yes. time. Mild. So wild. late September. That's mild. mild. And turn that W at home down. against the Orioles. I'll look it up. How many times has Aaron Judge walked this year? 
It is really correct. Like that, they should, every night should just be like, "Hey, remember Sammy Sosa? I mean, uh, remember Barry Bonds and how fucking absurd he was." Also, it, that it, should happen. Hundred and one walks. Hundred and one walks this year. Barry Bonds had in his year that he hit seventy three home runs, he had one hundred and seventy seven walks. Judge had one twenty seven in twenty seventeen. The 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 two in two thousand four, the year that he was uh, intentionally walked one hundred and twenty times, uh, he had two hundred and thirty two walks. That's fucking ridiculous that's absurd that's absurd getting on base that much so that's the year where if he had gone to bat without a bat every single time he would have i think still led the league in on base percentage it's it's stupid it's stupid and never swung at a single pitch Yeah. yeah so uh yeah it's interesting because we talked about this record a little bit last week and we said how okay it's basically it's a yankee record which it's al yeah they're saying al yeah so we said yankee and then i had several people reply to me being like dude it's the al record that he's going nobody gives a shit about an al record like that's not a thing that people care about no i get that the number 61 does have some meaning in american culture yes when it comes to baseball that absolutely i I acknowledge that 100 percent. yeah it's not a right it's not really a record it is the Yankee record, which sounds lame when you put it that way, but it does have a meaning because it was it was the number that everybody grew up with as being unattainable. Right. Like nobody there was actually a discussion that we had back in the in the early to mid nineties before the steroid thing. Will anybody ever hit sixty home runs in a season again? And people were like, No, it's not gonna be possible. Yeah. Pitching's too good. Yeah. And the fact that it's happening, it's kinda cool, but at the same time, it would be fucking hilarious if Aaron Judge just strikes out every at bat in the season. Now, I don't want be. I don't want it to happen, but you have to admit it'd be funny. It also just cuz we're talking baseball records, it just reminds me that uh Joe DiMaggio's record is just 56. the most 56 games in a row with getting a hit is just so Crazy. stupid. That yeah. is so stupid. If if we're doing a list that will never be of, touched. Of the most yeah. unbreakable records, I would say the the uh the hitting streak and then Ricky Henderson's stolen base record. And Cal Ripken, probably. Cal Ripken, Just because yeah. everyone takes breaks now. Yeah. You know? Do you guys everyone see Tommy's tweet off. about the records? What? It went viral. Uh, MLB posted uh, top five most unbreakable MLB records. And number five was Cy Young throwing 749 complete games. That was oh. number five on the list. That's pretty crazy. It was MLB on Fox. What else was on there? Uh, Wainwright and Yachty, 325 Ugh. starts as battery. Yeah. Number three was DiMaggio's hitting streak. Number two was Otani's 10-plus wins and 30-plus homers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sh- That's pretty crazy. Shohei Otani should be the MVP. Yeah, and yep. number one was uh, Barry Bonds' all-time home run record. What about yeah. – um, I think the st- I think the hitting streak record is should be number one. I think Ted Williams had, like, 15 confirmed kills in World War II. And then hit 404. That'll probably never be done again. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a fact. Um, all right, what else we got? What else we got before we do Hot Seat Cool Throne? Well, college football, Miami sucks. Yep. Uh, Miami is else. bad. It Miami. was kind of, yeah, there wasn't like, uh, there's no change at the top. Ohio State's really fucking good. Tennessee rocks. Yeah, Tennessee's back. Hinden Hooker for Heisman. When they play Alabama, that's going to be like, it. that is one of those games that if Tennessee can, can lose by less than 10, then I'm like, ooh, they might actually be back. But it has the potential of a classic like Alabama just... Every time a team in the SEC ju- like hops up for a second, they're like, ha-ha, no, yeah. no, no, There's we're levels. Alabama. You're right. There's absolutely levels when it comes to SEC football where you can be an average team, you can be a good team. Then there's a ne- the next level of a team that's so good that they can keep it within one score of Alabama. Right. Like a team or that, Georgia in this or Georgia case now, yeah. Makes Alabama nervous, and then there's 
the boss level that Georgia is the first team to ever really get up to that level since Nick Saban's been down there, where it's like they are kind of low-key favored against Alabama. Right, now. they're going to go on – there's going to be multiple years now where it's like the the spread is less than a touch. Because, you know, obviously LSU's championship season, but then it was disappeared. Yeah. Georgia's now sustaining, hey, we're on this same level this year. Yep. Yeah. I, I also saw earlier today um, one of the old BCS computers. You remember the old computer formulas that they had? Yeah. There's an old BCS computer that still does their BCS formula and publishes it every week. They had Jamie ranked number 11 in the country. Wow. That's so it's huge. a pretty smart computer. Kansas not being ranked is a travesty it, as well. That is stupid. It's just, that's a total helmet ranking. Yes. If they were any, like, if Kansas were USC, same resume, they'd be like three in the country. Yeah. That's why pre like preseason rankings and rankings in September are so stupid. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Texas is back to being not back. Yep. Facts. Officially. Facts. Yeah, horns down everywhere. Uh, Washington might be good. Yeah, uh, Dana Beers, our good friend, uh, he he got Texas Tech a $50,000 fine. Just him. What did he do? Well, no, it wasn't just him, but there was actually some there was some <laughs> Texas Tech fans pushing players, was which was Dana? fucked up. But D- Dana didn't push any players, but Dana went up to the mascot and did a horns down right in his face yeah. in front of the cheerleaders. It's unsportsmanlike conduct. So the, the actual like AP story saying Texas Tech has been fined for $50,000 for like rushing the field, uh, has Dana as the picture. Yeah. So it looks like he's the one who did it. Lifetime Texas Tech fan. Yes. Dana Beers. I mean, he has to choose Texas Tech. No, I think, I think it'd be even funnier if he got them a $50,000 fine and then left. Yeah. He, I mean, but he like, that's an all time being able to go see that game. And that was, I think the first time they beat a ranked, uh, opponent at home for forever since Crabtree. Um, you've watched more big 10 than I have this year. Big cat. Is it time that we start having the discussion about Penn State being ranked in the top four? Oh, no. Penn State's good. Penn State is good. But Penn State has Sean Clifford. So he is the – he's kind of um, – I don't want to say he's Kirk Cousins because that would probably be mean to Sean Clifford. Um, he is – Kirk Cousins won a few games in the Big Ten. <laughs> he did. He did. Um, didn't win that Big Ten championship game against uh, Wisconsin, even though it was – well, it was a revenge game for Wisconsin. But Sean Clifford – is the guy who Penn State will get to a point, and I think they are very good, but he will throw just a back-breaking interception, and every Penn State fan will be like, why did I believe in Sean Clifford? Yeah. That will happen. They know it's going to happen. Ride the wave until it happens, but holy shit, that's going to happen. Drew Aller. Drew Aller's going to come in at the some The backup, point. yeah. You had Will Levis. I know. And the, yeah. Yeah, but don't, w- was that a fair assessment? Because you are a Penn State fan, Max. Like, that's a fair assessment? Uh, yeah, I, I have zero, zero faith in oh, no, Yeah. But, like, he is going to – Penn State's good enough, and Singleton is really, really fucking good. And it's going to be – get to that point where Penn State's there, Penn State's there. And then it'll be like, what the fuck? Why didn't we bring in Allard? Yeah, well, yeah, why did Sean Clifford throw that ball? And so, uh, yeah, and Ohio State looks like world beaters as usual. Is Ohio State the most boring, awesome team of all time? I Just mean, that, as, in terms of a franchise. That game was you, never even close. If you look at their, their colors, their whole vibe, the aesthetic, the campus, yeah, I feel like Ohio State is a, a very boring machine of devastation. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I think it comes down to when they had Urban Meyer, there was still the allure of, like, Urban Meyer's a psycho, and they could still lose to, like, Purdue or Iowa randomly. 
And now it just feels like they are a true like corporate machine. Well, it's, it goes back to Jim Trestle when he used yeah. to wear the sweater vest and the tie to every game. Yeah. Every game was pretty much a board meeting. Right. They were going to come out on top they, because they had stacked the seats and the boards. They had all the votes. And then it would they would just kind of methodically move on and move forward. Yeah. Like run the ball, play solid defense. That's kind of what Ohio State did. Yeah. Now, even though they have incredible playmakers at quarterback and wide receiver for the last several seasons, they still have that like boring-ass vibe to them. Yeah. I just can't get... I can't get amped up for Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, they, they do just uh, run through the entire Big Ten, and we'll see if Michigan can duplicate it. Although I think they Michigan State stinks. The game against Penn State, that's at Penn State. So that will be, can Penn State survive the Sean Clifford disaster? Tune in. Everyone's everyone's waiting on bated breath. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, spoiler alert, he will not survive <laughs> the Sean Clifford disaster. Well, I mean, they survived Christian Hackenberg. Yeah, but this is Sean Clifford is 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 a quarterback that is just built to get your hopes all the way up and then just demolish them. I want to see one of those YouTube compilation videos of uh, that people do for various colleges in like certain eras in time when they go back and do like a very heavy heavy breathing voiceover and walk you through what happened. I want somebody to do that with Christian Hackenberg and explain to me how Christian Hackenberg played forever in college football and then he gets to the NFL and it's like. This guy can't throw a ball seven yards. He's actually how did that? How is that possible? He is he's a good uh, lesson that like college football. If they had the one and done, it would be good for guys like Christian Hackenberg because when he was there the first year, it was like this guy is incredible and he should be the top pick. And then he just had to play too much college football where everyone's like, eh, maybe not. Yeah, but it would have been very funny if he got into the NFL. It's and the then, number one pick, yeah. And then at the next level, we got to watch Christian Hackenberg evolve as he did in college, but against like players like Miles Garrett. Yeah, yeah. Who? who uh, oh yeah, yeah. As a Bears fan, I hope say, he's okay. Yeah, there was a big a lot of that. Like as a Steelers fan, I treat I retreated that poor guy. He probably woke up and was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Because it was uh, the actual news article being like Miles Garrett suffered a severe crash. He flipped over a bunch of times. Yeah. His Porsche looked like completely mangled. And then there's one guy, the first response under it was, as a Steelers fan, like, I'm rooting for him to survive. It was, Steelers fan here, I hope both of them are okay. Also, I hope he's on the field this Sunday or very soon. Appreciate that. That's, That's nice. fucking That's nice. nice. I'm, I'm, I, as a fan of football, I'm happy that Miles Garrett didn't die in a car crash. Yeah, so wait, this guy is a Steelers fan, and he said, I hope he's on the field this week. Do you think he would have included that part at the end oh, if no. the car crash had happened not. exactly seven days ago? Definitely not. If it was last Tuesday, would that guy have been like, no. I hope he's on the field in two days? Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't it would have been like Steelers so. fan here, happy he's okay, probably a, a sign that you know life's bigger. some things are bigger than sports. Yep. Maybe he should retire. Uh, Steelers fan here, just hoping that he takes all the time necessary to make a full and complete recovery. Yes. That's what he would say. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's do Hot Seat Cool Throne. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Hank. Uh, my hot seat is anyone with the Spurs championship future. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, media day was yesterday. Bunch of stuff. I like how the NBA does it all in one day. Yeah. Zion Williamson looks great. 
James Harden lost a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tweet uh, that, he said. And then Greg Popovich just outwardly said it. No one here should go to Vegas and bet on this team to win a championship. Oof. If you bet in the Barcelona Sportsbook, $10, you'd win hundred grand if they do win Whoa. the championship. So Is that it? It's good value. I'm going to I'm gonna sprinkle a little bit on that. But I don't know. I'll probably get in trouble for that. I don't think you can just say that. But I respect the honesty. Yeah, he was nice. And that makes me, I mean, my brain, the gambling brain that I have is like, he knows something, definitely bet on them. Yeah. Like That's what I'm, I, I agree with you. Yeah, he's he's trying to get us off the scent. Yeah. Nice try, Greg. Got a sprinkle. Yeah. Uh, then my cool throne. I thought about putting them in my hot seat, but I don't. I don't want to sound like too much of a hater. Uh, but NASA's on the cool throne. Yeah, mm, that they, was mine. They, yeah. they launched a, a spaceship into a comet. Yeah, yeah. They launched a fullback. I I didn't like it. You didn't like it. They I mean, the video. The video also like wasn't. It was. It was. It was like clip art. Yeah, it was choppy, like you're watching, you know, old porn. We should How just, is that possible? We, I, I billions of think, dollars of billions and billions and billions of dollars go into these things, and they they can't get like an HD camera. That good point, Hank. My, frames aren't jumping every two seconds. My first reaction was similar it to looked that. Looked like claymation. Yeah, my first reaction was like, this is stop action animation. We spent probably hundreds of million dollars on this. Billions, uh, however much it was. But then I thought to myself, just wait because they'll have a second camera that was set up somewhere. That has the HD footage, and then we'll get to watch that. And it's going to look awesome. It was. So I'm just waiting on that special effects. It probably. was my. It was my cool throne just because um, they totally did this as just uh, like, hey, look, we can prove that we did this. It's not like an asteroid's going to come and blow us all up. Like, right. haha, it was just fun. Like we did. We just wanted to prove to ourselves that we can do this. No one worry about a potential asteroid killing us all. Haha, that's what. I, that was my big takeaway. Like you just spent all that money to see that you could attach to like. You know, throw a, what was it? A refrigerator, basically, at a rock, seventy million space years away. I feel like we have a big asteroid coming soon. We drop so many bombs on Earth every day. Why don't we just throw all those bombs and blow something up and develop a point system and compete? Make it like a space Olympics. Mm. Oh, for, so you're, like you're saying the game Space Invaders. You put a bounty. Yeah, it's like Big Buck Hunter except for yeah. asteroids, mm-hmm. and we like compete with like other countries with space programs. That's we actually like, Billy. You've said a lot of really good things on the show. Yeah. That's probably the smartest idea you've ever come up with. And we just compete that way. So it's like Putin. Yeah. You want to blow shit up? Like whoever blows up that one first wins. I like yeah. it, and the winner gets like I don't know mining rights to certain natural mm-hmm. resources, so your country is incentivized to get better. At the Space Defenders game. Yeah. yeah. It's just an Olympics out in space and winner gets all the land. Yeah. That's I fucking like that. awesome, yeah. Billy. That would be cool. I'm sure we Billy can get for everyone agree on this. Billy, yeah. Billy for UN. Yeah. 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 I love it. Okay. Uh, your hot seat, cool throwing PFT. Uh, my hot seat is society. American society, to be specific. All of us. We participate in it. Um, because Dude Perfect is building a $100 million dude facility. In somewhere in Texas, undisclosed mm-hmm. location, an amusement park for dudes who like being perfect. And I think we're going to look back on this in you know the history books in 300, 400, 500 years and whatever country takes over the United States where we're at right now and study like signs of American decline. Why did this empire fall? Was it, uh, was it Trump? Was it Biden and inflation? Was it Putin? launching uh, a battlefield nuke in Ukraine. No, it was Kobe, Corey, Garrett, Purple Hoser, Beard Guy, and Beard Guy's dad building a giant 
monument to themselves in Central Texas to the tune of $150 million. Yeah. That is the tipping point of our society as a whole. I I want to hate it so bad, but at, at this point it's it just jealousy. Sick. It looks sick. It's like these guys just basically have cracked the code of living a dream life. I do still think it would suck to have to like work there because you'd have to be nice to everyone all the time. Like think about that. It's like if the Texas A&M yell leaders had their like took their ayahuasca and imagined their perfect life. We're living inside of Old Rock's fever dream right now in College Station. Yeah, that's what Dude Perfect is. What was the? What was the? Um, who's the rapper that we had on that that has a? He's trying. Akon. Akon. Yeah. He's yeah. It's Akon's new future. Yeah, it's Akon. It's yeah. Akon for white guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I also like that they threw out like, hey, we're thinking about going somewhere else, which that's a great move of like, who's going to give us the least amount of taxes? So wait, wait, <laughs> the dudes are doing the NFL owner thing. Yeah, they were. They were like, uh, they're like, we're, we're going to pack up and we're going to pack up and move the dudes out of town. Yeah, they were like, we would like it to be in Texas because we're from Texas, but. Atlanta, possibly you. Like <laughs> you know, L.A., possibly you. It's like who's gonna who's gonna basically use all the city's money to build us this beautiful place? It's like what Amazon did when they were looking for HQ yes, two. Yes, and AOC like closed it down in New York. Yes, yes. So they're just getting everyone's hopes up. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it will be in San Antonio. So yeah, the dudes. Yeah, they did it again. They, dudes, dude, they did it again. dudes. I did it again. Yeah. Uh, and then my cool throne is the number six. The number six is on the cool throne. Alex Caruso wears number six. Yes, he does. And he is trying to change his jersey number out of respect, out of respect for Bill Russell because they're going to retire Bill Russell's jersey. They're letting everyone that currently wears number six continue to wear it. Um, Alex Caruso being the classy guy that he is, he decided he wanted to move on and show that respect to Bill Russell, and the NBA is not letting him do it. Mm. So they're, they're forcing him to wear the number six throughout the entire season. I think it's because... Alex Caruso sells so many jerseys. He's top 75 jersey sale. Yeah, he's a top 70. That, that's got to do some good stuff for his top shot that I have, right? Yeah. Like, that shows that there's a market out there for Caruso collectors. That also feels a lot like, uh, and I, I'm a huge Caruso fan, uh, that does feel like a over nine MLK uh, memorabilia. Like, he's probably 75th. Yes. Did they say, oh, they said top 75? Top 75, yeah, top 75. So they just took whatever number yeah, Alex right, Caruso was right. going to be. He's top, he's top 80, 82. I no, he might it. be seventy four. I think I think I can name off the top of my head. I think I can name exactly seventy five NBA players. He's, I mean, Alex Caruso's the man, so it makes sense. He is the man. Uh, so he's he's gonna be wearing number six this year. But just out of respect, just imagine that it's a different number. Yes. Than six. Yes. Um, okay. So I already did my cool throne with the uh, with the totally like fake. You know, like oh, we're just gonna throw this at the asteroid, and it's not gonna. It's not because we're practicing for something. My hot seat is the Nets media day. The Nets, all of them getting together. Uh, Kevin Durant was basically like, there was a lot. Of, he said there was a lot of uncertainty around our team last year. We came to a mutual agreement that we should keep moving forward. And I think Kyrie said something like, "Yeah, it's pretty awkward. This is not going to work. This is so awesome." They basically, they basically spent an entire summer saying the shittiest things about each other, being like, "September will never come. Mm-hmm. We'll never have to be in the same room again together." And September is here, and it's just as awkward as you thought it would be. Yep, I love it. I it, love it so much. I mean, the, the team is going to be about the same as it was last year. In well, terms they have Ben of a, Simmons. There's it's going to be even more hilarious yeah. than it was last year. Yeah. Imagine uh, if they're just good. I I, I can't I, I can't wait honestly because you don't know what you're going to get from the Nets this year, but you do know that it's not going to be normal. Yeah, I hope they're really really good and then get swept in the first round. 
That would never happen. That would be very funny. That would never. They're going to womp whoever they play in the first round. Easy whomping. Uh, Billy. My hot seat is the Buccaneers stadium staff. So we saw Aaron Rodgers said he saw something on the Jumbotron post game against the Bucks. So did some internet sleuthing and there's no footage of it. But the rumor that's going around from recent tweets from in the stadium at the time of the game before Rodgers said anything, as well as Reddit posts, apparently from the hearsay on the Jumbotron was a shot over Tom Brady's shoulder of a huddle and seeing the flood right uh, two-point conversion play, which if you look at the defense um, the Packers played to defend that play, you see that there were six guys in the area of the flood. So that's Mm -hmm. a little uh, overbalancing of a defensive coverage, um, even though it was going right. But they think that Aaron Rodgers saw this on the Jumbotron on the surface pad that showed a flood right play. And that's how they knew what the two point conversion was. I thought the Bucks uh, stadium staff was going to be on the hot seat because a hurricane's about to wreck all their lives. Yeah, <laughs> from the standpoint, <laughs> I actually I had to say that. Yeah. <laughs> from the standpoint of water, yeah, they're on yeah. the hot seat. Maybe yes. they'll right. wash away. Like they have to worry about their families right now. Yeah, uh, is it is it legal? That's good sleuthing, Billy. Is it legal to look at the scoreboard? Because I know that refs aren't supposed to look at the scoreboard at all, right? Yeah, for I, I replays and stuff. Yeah, but it should be. There was a tweet that was done before that post game speech was even made, so that's why I'm. Cutting, cutting to the point, and thinking that it was real. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tom, no. Or uh, Hank, you now's the time to be like some. Somehow they're going to blame Tom Brady for this and suspend him four games. You said it, not me. <laughs> well, because, no, I'll, I'll tell you exactly why. The league issued a memo saying that, hey, Tom Brady, you're not allowed to smash tablets anymore. And so Tom Brady would have smashed that tablet, and instead it caught him holding the tablet which was then broadcast onto the Jumbotron that gave the play to Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So if Aaron, if Brady had, if it was up to him, he would have smashed that tablet a long time ago. It sounds like the debradification of the NFL yet once again. Mm-hmm. And my cool throne is Wake Forest head coach Dave Clawson. So during their ga- uh, the game against Clemson, uh, so as some of you know, Dabo Swinney's sons are on the, on the team, and yep. they're in places where you can kind of hide them, like Holder, you know, fourth quarter wide receiver. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that because I don't think you can hide at holder. Right, but you're either good or you're not like they at, can, at holder. Yeah, it's a very simple job. Okay. Wow. All right, hater. I I've, I've been a holder. Really? Yeah. When I was like third string quarterback. Okay. Um, it's an easy job. So I, mm-hmm. so you're he was gonna on. Piss some people off with that one, Billy. Okay. Holder community's gonna be real mad. If you're a decent, <laughs> if you're a, like can catch like. They put like freshmen as holders. Billy's about to be canceled. I know. Billy, I know the holders are gonna get. It's high pressure, and if you're at Clemson, you screw up a hold. You got you got uh, Potter kicking. Like there's a a big magnifying glass on you now. And you got your dad as your coach. Well, I think that's. I think we need to do more respecting of the holder community, (laughs) and especially of of Swinney, whatever Will Swinney. Uh, Drew Swinney. I don't know. Well, Drew Swinney is the one I'm talking about, but Drew Swinney was on kick return and. Several times throughout the game, the um, Wake Forest kicker kicked it directly at Swinney. 
So they were trying to expose him in their mm. kick return, and they did. He caught it, returned it for nine yards to the Clemson 19, the Clemson 15, the Clemson 11, and it got to the point where Dabo had to take his son oh, out man. and put a kid in. So, I mean, <laughs> I like that's, that. just, that's just great. That's, yeah, that that's good great. coaching on, on the part like, of Wake Just Forest. attack. In, yes. And then when he, they put a new guy in, they did the same thing, and he took it like to the, to the 30. But that, yeah. I mean, that's a, yeah. it's a genius move to be like, that's the coach's son. We know why he's... Yeah, on the yeah. field at yes. this point. Let's I like just it. Kick it to him. I like yeah. it. Uh, Jake, finish us off. Uh, my hot seat is smiling. There's this new movie coming out <laughs> called Smile. Oh yeah, and they're planting people at sporting events with creepy smiles. Yeah, it's going viral. I saw that in the other day. Uh, there was a West Coast game. It was Sunday Night Football. Yeah, and there was also a baseball game that they yeah. were doing it at front row. Kind of, it's weird. It's so weird. if it's you're just smiling, weird. you're going to get on camera? No, well, it's a it's, creepy smile. Yeah, they plan. Remember when they did, I think, didn't they do this for Clown, It? For yeah, they clowns. had the clowns show up IT. places. Yeah, IT. Yeah. <laughs> they actually never claimed that because it became such an issue. Right. And then there was copycats who were just causing chaos. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, we're going to release this movie two years later. Yeah. But they're smi- be on the lookout for anyone who's smiling. They're probably up to something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my cool throne is actually the two of you guys. Oh, you are nice. both in the final few groupings of the Barstool Mini Golf Invitational. Oh, final yeah. round airs tomorrow night. Wow, the back nine. PFT at the moment, you're one back of Jeff D. Lowe. Big Cat, you're going to need, need a little bit of a miracle. You're five back with nine to play. I had a I had a mental issue. I'm not the mental game, but part you of my golf come back. game is. That's why I can shoot a 72 one day and a 132 the next. Yeah, so you're both in the mix. Round five aired last night, Tuesday. It's on the Barstool Sports YouTube. Okay. And we will crown a champion Thursday so, night. Great, cool throne. Also cool throne, Jake, because you should use promo code Jake on uh, the Barstool Sports yes. store. Billy, there's no your turn to talk, Billy. I actually wanted to plug there. We have fake uh, Spaces fake t-shirts if you like that. No, no, no. Yeah, or... use promo code yeah, Jake. Jake. Use Jake. promo code Jake, 10% off. Uh, it ends on Wednesday at 1 o'clock. If so you're listening in the morning, you can You help can out. do it. Yeah, please yeah. help out. Use promo code Jake so that Suit Hank can't win this. And Billy, we don't want Billy. Billy's fake charity uh, offer. We can't have that, that was, either. That was a pathetic display of yeah. fake charity. How is it fake charity? You I said, actually, you I said if I win, I win I'm keeping I'm gonna, my money, and I'm, then I'm giving yeah, the rest to charity. I'm going to put well, all the money on, on a bet, and if I win the bet, I'll give the winnings to charity. So If I was charity, I wouldn't take Billy's Well, I already, I already chose my charity. What is it? Savethefrogs.org. Okay, have so have you chosen your bet? Uh, it's going to be on the Thursday night game. Well, that's more important because yeah. if you lose the bet, frogs I, are going to die. I think I'm is this go. a charity you started for yourself? No, yeah. it's human actually it's like, an amphibian like is... conservation organization to protect against the, chytrid fungus, save which the frogs, is invasive. Savethefrogs.com, first order of business, arrest Billy football so he can't fuck any frogs to death. But shout oh. out, Jake. We all hope that Jake <laughs> wins. Jake does a great job, as you've just heard, promoting other people all the time. Correct. This is a good way to get back and say thank you, Jake, for all that you do. Here's some money. Hank, would you like to say promo code Jake? Sure, promo code Jake, and go watch the mini golf. Okay, nice. Wow. Beautiful. That was nice, Everyone Hank. use promo code Jake. That was really nice. Billy, Hank, don't. Hank, don't. Hank, why, to say it. Hank <laughs> why, why did you say it that way? I'm just curious. How? Why are you so openly promoting Jake? I feel like you just made a great point. He's always promoting him. Is, is that why you're promoting him right now? Good point, PFT. Yeah. Or is there another reason why? I just want what's best for the company, and what's best for the company is, is merch orders. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think that there might be some shenanigans. Hmm. I don't is know what you're talking about. I actually feel bad for Jake. Why? Shenanigans. What? Oh, is there something going on? 
there might have been some shenanigans. Are we keeping the shenanigans? I didn't know that it was a. No, I mean this won't secret, air till later. So a yes, secret shenanigan. Use promo code Billy if you're anti shenanigans. No, tell me the shenanigans. I want to hear the shenanigans. Hank put a full court press on Jake and Billy yesterday. Not a full court press at all. It was a full court press. And what did you do? I offered them a deal, and they took it. They could have not taken it. Hank pretty much put a gun to their head and said, <laughs> I'm going to do a stream tonight, and on this stream... Which I did. For every order that I get, I'm going to stay on the stream as long as necessary. Which I did. And I plan on staying on the stream until 9 o'clock in the morning and not going to sleep at night. Now, unless you guys want to team up with me, and second place, we can all split it together. Mm. When so Jake took the deal, when so Jake was we beating took Hank. the deal, so basically the way Hank phrased it was, uh, "Take the deal, or I'm going to ensure, or Hank's going to ensure he gets second place." What about oh, I said, I'm going to I'm, yeah. I'm going to gun for second place as hard as I possibly no, Hank's, can. Hank, what about Hank, take Hank the deal? Or sold this. Hold on one second. I'm still in this competition. Yes, you are. I, know, so I knew this we, was going to happen. Should we? I knew this was going to happen. We maybe do a different deal with me. I already have my deal. Handshake also. Well, I'll make you a guys, deal. I'll yeah, make a if deal you guys want to make a deal with me, I'll go. I've I've done like two tweets. I'll make a deal with you. I could. I can go full court press wait, on wait. everyone's ass. If you go, f- wait, wait. I'll make a deal with you. Okay, what I'll make a deal I'm, with you too. Because okay. Hank, Hank can't over. Hank thought. Hank phrased it as though he was like about to overtake all of us because he's the only one who can see the numbers, but he couldn't no, no, last night. That's not true. I can't see the numbers. I, I did Hank phrase it in so a what way. What deal that would you guys like to do with me? You guys took the deal. I, I you, didn't. I'll I give didn't, you half the money if you promo me. Billy, because you already my, well, I'm Hank's in a lot. Deal. Don't yeah, but like I you're doing the Mac deal. from Always Sunny right yeah. now. Yeah. No, I can make two you're deals. Doing the Mac from <laughs> I can Sunny make two right deals. Honestly, honestly, I think that we should cut this part out because I. No, I sh- we- I, no, wait, wait, because I shouldn't have said anything because Jake was worried that the AWOs will get mad at him for taking a deal. I didn't want to put you out there, Jake. Jake kind of got I, I apologize. I, I just mean, want... Max was, was going to put it out anyway. Hank yeah, was, I was already putting yeah. out this video. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The video is already what? made. So, but, but my question is... Let me ask you a question Let me ask you a question. Be first. Let me ask you a question. I was born second. Hank's basically robbing Jake. Let me ask you a question. I didn't do anything. You guys, I offered you a deal and you took it. Okay, so that's your question. So now my question is that wrong? Yeah, you strong armed him. You're their boss. Uh, I could. You guys, are, everyone's so PFT. Soft. We could. I know. We could just we could just push mine, and I we could just go like fucking crazy on wait, my promo wait, code. Wait, what about this? And I could just give it all to maybe Jake. me, you, and Max will split it. And memes. And, and uh, memes. Yeah, yeah. I'm that would be that. nice. Wouldn't that be nice? How much money is it? I think it's like. 15, 25,000? Hank, how much money is it? Uh, first is 15, second and third splits. Te- it's eight for second, two two for third. Oh, so, so if I went what if, what really if, hard. What if we what if we pushed yours and then we we gave that money to Kate? Mm, that also so Kate work. wins all of it. Yeah. Mm, mm. Actually, no. I think we should give some, I think we no, should give prob- it to Jake. Well, the problem is... Because too- all, J- all Jake did, he was trying to do the right thing, and Hank just... Came in like a fucking banshee and was like, "Hey, you need to do what I say, or else I'm gonna fuck up your world." That's well, pretty much what I thought. Yeah. Yes. It was yeah. Hank was gonna make my next 48 hours miserable hell. or hell. take the deal. Absolute what are you hell. talking about? And I mean, said that I'm gonna go as hard as one... I can to come in second place if you he don't. Said take you the were deal. gonna do it out of spite. Hank is the only regret, one regret with the insight taking. into the yeah, numbers. Yeah, that's well. I should have come up. And I think. Asked I think. I think the difference between Hank and I is actually an unbelievable sob story of making your guys sound like the victim. I can't even believe what I'm hearing. I mean, no, you, I. You did. Took how old arm. are you? Are you a child? I, I took the deal. You pushed. Him. Yeah, I. I took the deal. 
Was there a lawyer? The, the worst part about this deal is that I benefit more than Hank does. I don't. I don't want to get in the details of it. I just and I was saying. I'll don't decide do later. Maybe we. I don't know. I just wanted to be cause the problem I'm wrestling with is if I want to go crazy, I'm gonna have to like work all night, and I don't want to do that. So the good thing maybe is, I'll have memes just take over my account and just fucking just tweet nonstop. The good thing is this entire thing is doc- documented and will be on PMTV love on Thursday, it, so love you it. can watch it. The entire thing that happened there and make your own decision. I, Am I strong arming Max? I I personally think that I I still want to see Jake come in second. Me too. I, I don't. I don't think that Jake can surpass Kate right now because she's got a lead. I want. I still want Jake to get the money. That's yes, why we I, started I, to promote. I did do Jake a handshake deal. Whether I regret it or not is a different story. But I did do that, and I will honor that. Okay. If, if it ends, up, I, I'm going to. Yeah. I also I, already told Jake I wasn't going to take the money from him. That's getting you know not not factored in. Cut that part, Max. I'm going to continue. <laughs> but to, then Jake's like, "Oh, you made me do it." I'm I, going, I never said that. I'm going to continue to promote Jake. And Jake can do with his money whatever he wants to do once he gets it. If that's, you know, give it to whoever out of the goodness of his heart, that's what Jake does. Okay. They, it's just more evidence that Jake is a team player that he took this deal to begin with, which is further evidence of why we should use his promo code. Yes. Okay. So tune yeah. in. We'll, we'll let you know who wins on Wednesday at uh, 1 o'clock. Merchapalooza tears this company apart. You happy, Hank? <laughs> promo code Billy. Promo code Jake. Promo code Jake. Promo well, code Jake. Promo code Jake. Promo code Jake. I just, I just don't want Hank to beat me. But you're splitting it evenly. You took the deal. Promo code Jake. Pro- promo code Hank. Yeah, the only thing that can fuck the, you now is this guy. I know. That's why. Yeah. Do you make so a deal? I might. Newcomer might, might, might steal the show. All right. Let's get to Derek Jeter. <laughs> Derek Jeter is being brought to you by our good friends over at Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep is a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. Everybody's unique, and everyone sleeps a little bit differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and fuel preferences. They have models of memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you, if you sleep on your side. They have models that have more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in your stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, they have enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It's the perfect combination of comfort and support. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. I took the Helix Sleep Quiz. It actually helped me out a whole lot. They introduced me to the concept of sleeping on a more firm mattress as opposed to just a soft one. They've saved my back. Thank you, Helix. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash take. With Helix, better sleep starts now. And here he is, Derek Jeter. Okay, we now welcome on a very, very, very special guest. It is Derek Jeter, the captain, Hall of Famer. He also uh, is has a new apparel brand called Greatness Wins, which... I was looking at the site. Looks like great stuff. You're doing it with Wayne Gretzky. Is this your, like, I can just name a company whatever I want because I'm Derek Jeter moment? Because greatness wins. <laughs> no. Like, you can, like if I had an apparel company, be like, mediocrity, like, you probably will still look fat. But you have greatness wins. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Look, I, I, 
obviously throughout my career, I'm wearing athletic apparel, right? For everything that I do. And I think one, you know, one thing you realize is, is, is when you're an athlete, I mean, you have certain tools that help you form and, and, you know, playing baseball, obviously it's a baseball and a bat. Those aren't going to change, but athletic apparel, you know, we, we you start thinking about what would you do differently? I've been blessed. I've had great relationships with, with a couple athletic brands throughout my career. And, and, you know, wanted to just focus on performance first, you know, that that's, what's most important and quality fit, consistency, sustainability, but uh, I, I do encourage everyone, thanks for going on our site. I encourage everyone to go take a look, order something, greatnesswins.com. And, and I'm very confident you're going to circle back and, and order some more. So it's it's something that I'm extremely proud of. I started having conversations with my my partner probably about a year and a half ago. And uh, a guy by the name of Chris Riccobono who started Untuck It. And uh, we had those conversations and here we are, you know, about a year and a half later, we launched our brand and, and um, you know, you talk about the name greatness wins. I think a lot of times people look at greatness and they think it's an ultimate goal. I look at it as a mindset, you know, so I, I look at, you know, having that mindset and anything that you want to, to achieve. So I appreciate you checking it out. I, I, you need to order some, I'll send some to you guys and I expect to start seeing you wear yeah, it. Yeah, I will. absolutely. Who would you say has more greatness? You or Wayne Gretzky. Ooh. Oh, well, Wayne's the great one. I mean, I, I'm that's not even going to go down that path. I mean, he's he's the one. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's, that's probably fair. We're going to get into, um, I'm sure, a lot of, of your career and uh, your playing days, but I, I'd like to start off, if it's okay with you, with a, a personal gripe that I have. With sure. You. Um, you only have one. We, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, this I've got several, and we can get to the rest, but the biggest one by far, and I think a lot of our fans want to hear this asked to you and, and really hold your feet to the fire, why did you take down the Miami statue in the outfield of the Marlins that would go up in circles every time they'd hit a home run? <laughs> we, we didn't take it down. We moved it. Okay, why did you remove it? It seems like, you know, like, you, we can we can choose to tear down statues all we want, but history is still there. I, I really wanted that to be left up. That was my favorite part of that ballpark. It's still up. You get down there in Miami much? Uh, we went down for the All-Star game yeah. a couple years ago. I just wish it was still in center field so I'd see that big giant fish go up in the air every time someone hit a home run. So, yeah, no, it's still it's still outside of the park, so you can go see it. They actually uh, moved it because we needed the space. You know, I think you, you talk about sports nowadays. Um, you know, fans don't want to sit in their seats and talk to the person on their left and their right. They want to move around and have more social spaces. So it was we moved that because uh, we needed the space in center field. Tear it down. We moved it. Yeah, if we're going to do gripes, I might as well get to my gripe as well. Um, do you think things would have gone differently if you had uh, maybe worked a little more with Marlins Man and done Marlins Man Mondays uh, that he proposed to you? Um, he's a friend of ours, and uh, I don't know. From his perspective, he dominated the negotiation with you because um, I think he offered you a blank check, uh, but or maybe you offered him one. I can't remember how it went, but do you think it would have gone a little different if you had maybe – you know, hired him as like president of the team or something. Uh, pro <laughs> differently might be a good way to put it. <laughs> I don't know how you define differently, but it probably would have gone a little bit differently. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but I am positive. I didn't offer him a blank check. Yeah. 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 Either. If he offered me a blank check, I might've done it. Yeah. His demands were reasonable. I think he wanted to like bring the lineup card out at every home game. <laughs> yeah. I think he wanted, he wanted a day that was literally holiday. for him every single week. Yeah, it was. I thought I thought he was being more than fair when he approached you, and I'm sure this is these are the most Marlins man's questions that you've ever gotten in an interview. But when uh, when he came up to you at that first town hall and said, "Do you know who I am?" 
Did you know who he was? I had heard. I okay. had heard. You know, you see him on on TV every sporting event with that orange jersey, so it's hard to miss. Um, you know, seeing him there. But I, I didn't know who he was. I knew his name, and they pointed him out to me before we uh, before we got started. Yeah, just just to set the record straight, he's not trying to get on TV. He's just a big baseball fan that wears his Marlins jersey in all the other parks, and he just happens to get on TV. So yeah, he's not trying to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Humble. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. We're all on the same page. Yeah. We're. This is good. We're, we're, we're all Marlins fans. Yeah. We're all, we're all. We're all. Yeah. This is a good common ground here. We all. We all know and are pers- close personal friends with Marlins fans here. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Uh. I, I mean, I, I your your career is so incredible. I I watched the whole documentary. I was kind of enthralled with it. Um, Thank you. Hey, like, what what do you think in terms of the reception from the documentary? Do, did you walk away being like, I feel like that was good. I got my full story out there. Or are you still like people don't know the full Derek Jeter because you had such a private, uh, separate life from the the public persona. You know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you when. We first started going down this path. I, I wanted to film the potential Hall of Fame call that I was going to get. Right? You know, everyone said you should film it so you have the footage. And I wanted to film it so I could share it with my girls. I had two girls at the time. They were both very young. They didn't know what was going on. So I wanted to film that. And then if I was, was to get inducted, I wanted to film the induction ceremony just so I could have it. And then that turned into a larger discussion. And, and I was asked, do you want to do a documentary covering your entire career? And I said, absolutely not. I said, absolutely not. There's just no way I, I would do it. And I just started thinking about it more. And, and I said, OK, you know, if, if we're going to go down this path, I want to make sure, you know, whether there was times in my career where there was friction here or there, I wanted everyone else to be able to voice their opinions and give their side of the story as well. So turned into seven episodes, man. I, I mean, I sat down north of 30 something hours talking about, I, don't, I know you guys talk quite a bit, but you ever talk about yourself for 30 something hours, you, you, run, you run out of quite a bit, you run out of things to say. So uh, we interviewed north of I think 90 people and uh, I'm very, very happy with it. I didn't want to do a puff piece. Like I said, I, w- I wanted to make sure everyone else could chime in and give them a platform as well, but I'm happy I did it. And everything that I've heard has been, has been pretty positive for the most part. Yeah, that's very, I, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, it's, it's very cool to be able to look back at your career and, and have so many people weigh in and kind of see what it means to other people and see what it meant to yourself when you're looking back and uh, like retroactively at it. But when you were a kid, when you were growing up, I have to imagine that, um, well, for a lot of people, their dream life would be what your life was, where, you know, you win World Series, you're the captain of the Yankees, everybody like has nothing but good things to say about you throughout your career. Uh, for the most part, and we'll get to maybe some of the detractors later. (laughs) I've got some notes later we can get into, but as a kid, like would, what was your dream? Did you, did you like fall asleep at night thinking I want to play shortstop for the New York Yankees? I want to win world series. And, and how did your life actually end up comparing to everything that you wanted it to be when you were a kid? Yeah. That's the, when I was a kid, you know, my dad played shortstop. So, so he was my first uh, role model and I wanted to be my dad. That's why, that's why I fell in love with the position. And, uh, you know, I was born in New Jersey. My grandmother has, I mean, uh, yeah, my grandmother has 14 kids. My mom has 13 brothers and sisters. We used to spend every summer in New Jersey at her house, and she was the big Yankee fan. So uh, that's what made me fall in love with, with the Yankees. I grew up in Michigan, but I'd go back every summer. So I always wanted to be shortstop for the New York Yankees, and there was no other dream there. 
and look, I, I mean, it, I was I was blessed. I was fortunate. I was lucky. I don't know how you want to define it. But, you know, just being drafted by the Yankees, having a chance to spend my entire career with one organization, uh, man, you don't you don't dream of all that. You just dream of actually getting to the major leagues and playing for the Yankees. Gary Kidd dreams of playing in a World Series. You don't really know what it's going to feel like to win one. And then we had a lot of success, man. I, I was blessed. I had a lot of great teammates. We had a lot of success, especially early on in my career. My life was is is that's been blessed, and and I, I it, it's to answer your question, it's much more than I could have ever dream. Yeah, I mean, it, it is really uh, your career is a storybook career. But the one thing I appreciated in your documentary, and it's something that only the the true great ones kind of have, is it does feel like the losses hurt you so much more than the wins. And that 2001 series when they go through everything, and you're talking about it is. Is that something, how often still to this day, Derek Jeter, you know, family man, you're at home, you got other things going on. Does it just pop in your head every now and then? You're like, fuck. No question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I got a couple friends that have won more championships, man. So don't think they don't constantly remind me of it. So you yeah. always think about, you know, the times you, that you sh you feel as though, like I said in the documentary, every loser says, oh, we should have won. Right? That's That's what you say. But uh, you have those times where you get so close and you feel as though you had a team that was capable of winning. So that you're right, man. It's, it's, I guess I'm wired a little bit differently. I don't, I don't know if I'm necessarily proud of it, but, but for me, I think about those times that we could have won. Yeah. 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 I mean that, that was so close and it's, I just, I, there's something about the guys who are wired that way because I think, you know, you, you had such a crazy career that you could just be like, well, it was all, I mean, we won five titles. Like, what are we talking about here? Like one of the best of all time, but the guys who were wired different, it's like, no, 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 we should have won. You remember the eight. losses? Yeah, more. we should have won nine. We should have done this. Yeah, and I and I just always had. I, I didn't appreciate um, my career as much as I probably should have when I was going through it. You know, because it's always you. You heard me saying in the documentary, it's always what's next, man. What's next? Like you know, you celebrate for a couple of weeks, and then it's we got to get on to the next one. So, like I said, I think that's just a character flaw of mine. Yeah, uh, you played a pretty pivotal uh, pivotal role in one of the most iconic baseball moments of the last, I'd say, hundred years, and that's George W. Bush's first pitch at Game Three. So, legend has it you were you were talking to him and you were kind of giving him some tips before the game. What was it like when he was taking warmups? Did you see something in his motion and you're like, "Hey, let's tweak this, let's tweak that," or what was your advice to him before he stepped out there on the mound? Yeah, as much as I'd like to take credit for the perfect strike he threw, I can't. I was this was the old Yankee Stadium, and and the the batting cages were about I would say maybe a hundred yards from the clubhouse. So I had a routine that I did every day. I used to go down in the cages right before the game and just get a few swings in to get loose. And um, you know I'm walking down to the cage, and the whole tunnel's lined with Secret Service. So everyone's talking about how nervous they were post 9/11 with the president of the United States in Yankee Stadium. I felt that it was the safest place in the world to be because, you know, there was nothing going to happen at Yankee Stadium that particular night. So I went down to the to the um, batting cage and and I saw the president and, you know, he said he's throwing out the first pitch and he was getting loose. And and I said, hey, man, just make sure, you know, you're going to throw it from the mound or you're going to throw it from in front of the mound. And he says, what do you think? I said, man, throw it from the mound. I said, yeah, I think you should do that. And then when I was leaving, I turned around and said, don't bounce it. Because if you bounce it, they'll boo you. It's Yankee Stadium. And and he threw a perfect strike. I don't know how he did it. Didn't realize he had a bulletproof vest on at the time. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is, I, I since I retired, I, I've 
haven't swung a bat. I've only thrown a ball a couple of times. It's when they um, retired my number in 2017. And just a few weeks ago, they had a Hall of Fame ceremony at Yankee Stadium. I threw out the first pitch. And both times, I threw it out from in front of the mound. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so they booed me. Actually, last time they started to boo when I was in front of the mound. So it's, it's an intimidating experience to throw out the first pitch. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, um, talking about other moments, we we our office is in New York. We have a lot of Mets and Yankees fans, a lot of Mets fans, a lot of Derek Jeter haters. So, this yeah. is not a question for me. It's a question from the Derek Jeter haters. Yeah. Some of the Derek Jeter haters would say that you kind of hot dogged it when you jumped into the stands and got your face bloody. Some people are even saying like Stone Cold Steve Austin, you had a razor blade underneath the seat. And you yeah. cut yourself a little. Yeah. Um, do you think you probably could have just maybe caught it and not used all those extra steps to make the theatrical jump into the stands? I actually, it was two steps. And if you went to the old Yankee Stadium, unfortunately, you can't go because it's not there. But there was not a lot of foul ground behind third base. So trust me, if I could have stopped, I would have stopped. But you're hmm. running uh, full speed. And, and uh, they actually, I've said it, the catch was not hard. It really wasn't hard. It was just foul ball you're running full speed but I had fallen into the photographer's pit a few years prior to in the postseason and it's all cement so I knew where I was going and I just thought if I jumped over the photographer's pit I'd just land in someone's lap and unfortunately it was the one seat that didn't have anyone sitting in it but no to answer the question I absolutely could not stop so you got rid of old Yankee Stadium so no one could actually go back and recreate it Exactly. That's that's what I did. Just for the Mets fans, I just had them tear down the old Yankee Stadium so they couldn't go out and and, and recreate. <laughs> how how often would you have? I mean, Yankee. You know, being in New York, like there, it is crazy how passionate uh, the two fan bases are. How much they hate each other. Would you get people on the streets being like "fuck you," Derek, from Mets fans and stuff? Mets fans, no, because Mets fans didn't have anything to say. Really, <laughs> you know what I mean? They they didn't win. We played them in the World Series in 2000, and I've said that was the one series that we absolutely could not lose. You know, I I, I would have, and I'm not joking when I say it. I would probably have moved out of the city. I lived in Manhattan my whole career. I would have moved if we would have lost to the Mets. But really, Mets fans couldn't say anything. Yeah, yeah, it's a good feeling. And Red Sox fans couldn't for a while until yeah. 2004. I got. I have to admit, I got caught up in. Uh, in kind of the, the Red Sox bandwagon, 2004. I bought the shirt. It said, like, the entire lineup on the back, Posada sucks, Williams sucks, and at the end, and Jeter swallows. I thought that was a really good burn <laughs> on you. Uh, I was actually at Game 7 in New York for that for that closeout game. I've wondered, like, you seem like a guy that, that probably still affects when you think about kind of like that 2001 World <clears throat> Series. As it was happening, when did you reach the moment where you're like, oh, shit, we might actually lose this series? Man, I, I don't think you ever, you know, it's, well, first of all, thanks for bringing up all of our losses. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> I came on journalism. the show, man. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, people talk about us losing. We lost four games in a row to Boston, but we beat them three games in a row, right, to get a 3-0 lead. So it just goes to show you anything can happen in the playoffs. But even when we lost game six, I thought we were going to we were going to win game seven, you know, because if you mm -hmm. think about it, at the time, Boston always found a way to screw it up. They just did, and, and and we had all the confidence in the world. But uh, yeah, they they beat us pretty good there in Game Seven. So um, you know, I don't think you ever lose confidence, but uh, they had a lot of confidence. I mean, down 3-0, it, it's tough. A lot of teams would have rolled over, but uh, 
They had a really good team that year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll give you a good one because then you can talk about your wins. Let's rank your rings. Which ones are most meaningful? Let's rank the – I'm sorry, say that again? Let's rank your rings. Let's rank the five rings. Which one do you like, you know, the most meaningful? Obviously, they're all special and everything, but I would imagine there's one that means a little something extra. Would it be the last one? Ah, man. You have kids? You guys have kids? Yeah. How many? Two. Yeah, it's like kind of like when someone says, you know, who's your favorite kid? Even if you have one, you're not going to say it. (laughs) Yeah, my daughter. I like my daughter more than my son. So there we go. I answered that. So now you have to answer this. Now, you know what? I tell you what, man. Anytime you do something for the first time, it's new. And and you're going through experiences. You're experiencing the parade for the first time. You're experiencing the attention. You're going down the streets. Everyone has Yankee shirts on, Yankee hats on. They're congratulating you on winning the World Series. So the first always stands out, uh, man. Then you got the Mets. We're playing the Mets, and that you know we had to win that World Series, like I said. And then, man, two thousand nine. It's been nine years since we had won the World Series, so it's tough. But but I, I'd probably say maybe the first one, just because it's the first yeah. One. It's okay to just say that the one against the Padres like was the least meaningful because they just barely <laughs> put up a fight. Like that's fine. That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one against San Diego. Uh, we, we, we knew they had no chance. I mean, we we were 125 wins that year. Hey, yeah. we, we were 125 and 50, so that's tough to do. We steamrolled most most teams that year. That's a crazy record. That really is. It is. Yeah. I mean, at, at any point over the course of that season, did you feel like you were on autopilot, where you know that your team is so good that there's absolutely nothing but anybody can do to stop you? Well, you know what? That's a good question because. Thank you. 1998 towards the end of the year we actually scuffled for a couple weeks and uh going back to yankee fans watching every game i remember you know we had we had won the division in april i mean we had already won (laughs) and i remember walking the streets in new york towards the in september and fans you know yelling we better turn it around and we better you know playoffs are coming and and what's going on and they, they watch every single game so we had a period where we scuffled a little bit but i think every team's going to struggle at some point i think that's when you find out how good you are but but for the most part that year was i mean i i'm a little biased but i put that team up there against any team yeah i mean it was an incredible team and it is true baseball is so weird that like it's just so many games so there's always going to be a stretch where you know you lose a couple series in a row um, in terms of leadership, like were you 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 weren't a rah rah guy, but I you know watching one of the the cool parts of the documentary was you talking about the '90s, late '90s Yankees, and then the transition to those 2000s Yankees where you lose some veteran guys and you have to become the veteran guy. Do you think there was a moment where um, it clicked more for you for being like a leader and bringing all that team together? Uh, versus when you were the young guy and you had all the veterans around you. Yeah, you know, I think there's – look, you know, I, I've always heard people say, oh, well, you're quiet, you know, you're not the rah-rah guy. I didn't do things for the camera. You know, every player knows. I don't care what sports you play. You know which camera's on you because you just look at the red light at the top. So, I, I, and I think if, if, if you're waiting for the camera to be on for you to go and approach a teammate or for you to get in someone's face, you're doing it so everyone can see it. You know, I, I was I was vocal, but I, I did it in my own way. I did it behind the scenes. I did it in private. You know, there's a lot of times, you know, guys, you can yell and scream at gets the most out of them. Other guys, you got to give them a hug. And, and you know, you got to take the time to get to know your teammates. So, um, you know, I just always tried to do it ever since I was younger. I was blessed. I came up with a lot of veterans I learned from. 
And then, like you say, I was there, I was there for 20 years. So teammates change, new guys come in. We had a lot of leaders on our team, which I think is one of the reasons why we were able to have so much success. But, um, you know, we went through a stretch where we didn't win championships and uh, it just goes to show you it's tough to do. You know, everyone says, you know, one thing I hate is when players say, oh, I want to go somewhere where I can win. What do you mean you want to go? There's a lot of shit in life I want too. You don't say you just because you say you want it doesn't mean you get it. You got to be willing to work at it. So, um, yeah, winning's tough, man. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Who is that guy for you? The guy that would get in your face or give you a hug that like that, that kind of brought you along and took leadership role when you were coming up? When I came up, man, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it was someone that was getting in my face. Cause you know, I was self-motivated, but, but, uh, Mr. Tory, Joe Tory, I mean, he, he was pretty much, I played for Buck Showalter for just a few weeks in 1995, but, but Mr. T, I think he was, he was probably as good as it gets. He's the best communicator I've ever known, ever been around. Um, and you know, he, he, uh, he treated everyone fairly. He didn't treat everyone the same, but he treated everyone fairly. So I learned quite a bit from him. So this might be the toughest question you ever get. It's something I'm very fascinated with. (laughs) Um, at what moment do you think you officially earned your pinstripes? Ah, man. Yeah. Playoffs. You got to do it in the playoffs, man. You got to do it in the playoffs. At least now you have to do it in the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I think there's this level of expectations that come with playing for the Yankees, and it's the expectation level that we all set. You know, because before we came up, I said a young group of us that came up, Yankees hadn't had a lot of success. You know, they hadn't won a World Series since the 70s. And then we came up when we started having a lot of success. So now you hear a lot of times – People say, oh, well, the expectation for the Yankees is World Series or bust. Well, you know, they got a group of players that need to get to the World Series first. You know, I said the season was a failure after we won my first year. You know, after you win, there's nothing else you can do but to win again. So, um, you know, the expectation level now is is so high and it, uh, it's it's understandable because Yankee fans, they look, they were spoiled, we were spoiled. Um, but getting there and winning is tough. So Aaron Judge, yeah. pinstripes, it seems like by that criteria, he's yet to earn them. <clears throat> no, I mean, man, Aaron, he's no, but he's performed in the playoffs. You know, he, he has performed in the playoffs. I think that, you know, Yankee fans pay attention to what you do in the postseason. They can pretty much care. I remember when we had new players come to the organization. I'd say, hey, look, we have 30 games in spring training. We have 162 games in the regular season. And that's before it counts. You know, you're playing 190 games before anything counts. Uh, so, you know, you talk about Aaron, he's performed in the playoffs. They're yet to win, you know, World Series to get to a World Series, but he's performed. Did A-Rod need – did you guys need to win in 2009 for him to earn his pinstripes? Oh, man, I, I think from a perception standpoint, especially from a Yankee perception, Yankee fan perception standpoint, I think, yeah, definitely. And I think you ask him, he'd probably tell you the same thing. I don't want to speak yeah. for him, but I'm sure he'd tell you the same. I uh I know A Rod pretty well. Used to do a podcast with him. Um, how's your relationship with him now? It's good, man. It's good. You know, we we um we got together recently. You know, uh, one I wanted him to be a part of the documentary. You know, I told him I say, hey, man, say whatever you want, give your opinion, and uh, you know, we got together, and I said, look, you know, I, I'm just when it comes to the documentary, I'm letting you know how I felt at the time. A lot of things happen in life, right? You know, I have a family now. You know, you lose close friends. You know, you get older. You realize what's most important and things that you can just put in the past. So, 
you know, I wanted him to make sure that he understood that any feelings I may have had or he may have had, I don't, once again, I don't want to speak for him, but what, any feelings I may have had is behind me, right? So so we've moved on from that. I, I did I did respect and I love um, your angle of like you have your you have your circle of trust you have your inner circle and if you're out you're you're out like yeah. if you do something you're out I, yeah. you know I think that's how a lot of athletes get a little bit burned nowadays is that they might make their circle a little too big or they don't they're not as discerning when it comes to who they trust you were able like is that something you just always have had where you're able to be like I know this guy's in in this for me not for himself type of situation. Yeah, I mean, I've always had trust issues. I've, I've mentioned that in the documentary, and it's not necessarily something that I say I'm proud of. Right? But, you know, I, I meet people a lot of times. I think I've softened a little bit as I've gotten older, but it always was, you know, you meet someone, and the first thing that goes through your mind is what's the angle? What yep. do they want? You know, and, and I don't think, once again, I don't, it could be a character flaw, right? But I've, I've had, you know, pretty much for the same group of friends and people that I've trusted for years and years, my closest friends, I've known them for 20, 25 years plus. And, um, you know, that's okay. But, but uh, yeah, I've said it before. Maybe it is a character flaw, but I just have always had issues trusting people. I think it's pretty, pretty realistic, though, because I, I'd imagine that a lot of people that you do meet do have an angle. I don't think it's all in your head. I think in the position you're in is, you know, at one point you were probably, you know, one of the top three or four uh, most famous athletes in the United States. Somebody's going to have something that they want from you. It's It's very hard to find, like, a – a brand new genuine relationship with someone. So I don't necessarily think that's a, that's a character flaw. Uh, I, I want to play this game with you. We do this with every guest. Uh, it's called questions from a third grader. So we reached out and miss Joyce's third grade. Are these class your questions? These are your questions. No, 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 no. I'm, no. I'm actually older. You can trust us, dude. I'm, uh, I'm wow, older than eight years old. He are real. I might, I I might be small, but okay. So no, it's from Mrs. Joyce's third grade class. In Dripping Springs, Texas, uh, the first one is from Johnny. Johnny wants to know, Derek, what's your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Okay, cool. Uh, Timmy wants to know, Derek, what did you want to be when you grew up? Shortstop in the Yankees. Okay. And then Sarah, Sarah wants to know, Derek, why didn't you switch to playing third base when your defense at shortstop had clearly started to suffer towards the end of your career? It was never asked. I do what I'm told. Oh. Third grade, you do what you're told, right? Uh huh. I was never asked. That's a good answer. So no one, no one ever broached that that subject with you. Again, so, Sarah wants to know. Never brought up in my entire career. Never was I approached about switching positions. Um. All right. Along those same lines, we're let's make a headline. What was the? Were you ever close to leaving as a free agent? Were you ever? Did you ever envision? playing for any other team no and you could say literally any team because then we can make a headline out of it be like yeah Derek Jeter dreamed about playing for the Pirates and we'll put it on a headline <laughs> could you just say it absolutely not man I <laughs> you know I said it in the, in the documentary too and this is God's honest truth the only time I was a free agent I walked in and told uh Hal Steinbrenner I said I'm not going anywhere I said I've told my agent if anyone calls not assuming anyone would call but I said if anyone calls don't take it because I'm not going anywhere. I said, just treat me fairly. And that was it. So I never wow. crossed my mind to leave, never wanted to leave. Um, yeah, I know a lot of things became public during the negotiations, but never crossed my mind to leave the Yankees. The other, um, you know, the dealing with the tabloids was probably very annoying uh, during your career. I did, I, I do have to say, though, that headline when you looked a little fat and it said Derek Eater, like you got to admit that was funny. 
Man, it was, it, let me tell you something. You talk about trust, right? So after that came out, I was actually in Miami at a hotel. Afterwards, I went up to a couple friends. I'm like, man, why why you guys didn't tell me? Like, did I gain weight or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? But funny, I, I we should have put it in the documentary, actually. I had met with a good friend of mine who's on, on, on one of the networks. The next day, I just ran into him at the airport, and he took a picture with me. And I actually, at the time, I had lost weight from when I played. So I, I don't want to get on any any um, New York papers. I don't, because if you get on them, they will come after you. But uh, yeah, that 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 I did not I did not gain weight. A lot of people <laughs> thought it was funny. I, I didn't at the time. I was like, what's going on, man? <laughs> I just I just imagine them at the post just being like Derek Eater. Like we nailed it. Boom. Yeah. You know, this is the this is the greatest headline of all time. I, I laughed out loud when I saw it. I think they were sitting on that one for years, yeah. hoping to get a bad angle of you. And they finally got that angle. And they're they like, might have. And at the time, we got came, like I said, I was in Miami and I was downstairs at the hotel restaurant. I had a huge breakfast and somebody came over and you know how you see someone, they're sort of looking at you and they had a paper in their hand. And they're looking at me and looking at my plate. And then I saw what was on the front page. Yeah, uh, uh, go ahead. I just wanted to, my my last question was going to be we have uh we have a, a special guest in the studio right now. Well, he's he's on this podcast. His name's Jake, and he met you. Jake, how old were you when you met Derek Cheater? I believe I was three or four. Three or four years old. Do you remember meeting a three or four year old <laughs> named Jake? Yeah, yeah. This was this was recently, right? Yeah, there's the picture. There's a picture. So, so this is what you have to like. It actually is a bigger question of like, do you? Do you ever have a moment and step back and you're like, there are millions of people who idolize me to such an insane level. So Jake told us a story when he was in a, like kindergarten or first grade, uh, his parents went to the parent teacher conference and the teacher was like, he's great. Everything's great. But he keeps signing his name, Jake Jeter. Like, why is he doing that? <laughs> and his, his, uh, AOL profile name was like, what was it? It was Jake Jeter too. Jake De Jeter too. <laughs> like, do you, do you realize there are literally millions of people out there like Jake who you, they would, they would die for you. They would, you are everything to them. You know what? I, I, well, first of all, Jake, nice to meet you or see you again. See you again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though I can't see you. But, you know, I don't I don't think you ever, at least me, I never sat down and say, oh, people idolize you. I, I just that doesn't cross my mind. I, I, I look at it as I grew up with Yankee fans, man, for 20 years. I mean, great thing about Yankee fans, they watch every single game. They live and die with what happens on the field. So they've seen me grow up and I joked about it when they retired my number. I seen a lot of you guys grow up as well. So I don't think it's ever a situation where you say, oh, people idolize you. I just think it's you grew up with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, he idolizes you for sure. <laughs> that's that's would, a very humble way. But like he would die for you. Honestly. Yeah, there's, you there's be, many people who would die. For I dressed you. up for, as you for Halloween for like 10 straight years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. It was just the pinstripes every year. <laughs> just roll it back to play the classics, yeah. play the hits. Um, all right. Well, I have one last question as well. It's yeah. a rollback question. RHOBACK.com. Use promo code TAKE for 20% off your first purchase. You get the new joggers. Um, your retirement and uh, the fact that, you know, you didn't get unanimous Hall of Fame, which I want to I try to figure out who that person is. But did you, part of your retirement, I'm sure, was age, but was it also like, hey, uh, they're starting to use exit velocity a lot on these stats, <laughs> and, like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, 
yeah. because all my hits are like 20 miles an hour. Did it that play into anything with your retirement? Yeah, well, first of all, I wouldn't say all of them are 20 miles an hour. I think you need to go take a look at some of them because there, there are a few that are a little bit more than 20 miles an hour. But I tell you what, though, um, yeah, man, I mean, look, if you go back to the age of analytics began towards the end of my career and um, – Man, you just go, you, you can go through the Hall of Fame and, and just think of how many players because of launch angle and exit velocity probably would have never had a long career. You know, I mean, you could just, I, I'm just thinking out loud, you know, Wade Boggs, Tony Gwynn, Tony Gwynn you know yeah. what I mean? But the job was to get a hit and get on base. And, and um, yeah, so the age of analytics probably played a part of me leaving, but I, I also said, you know, when it starts to feel like a job that that I, I I should go home. And I and I got hurt. I broke my ankle. I had a really good year in 2012. And then I broke my ankle in the playoffs, came back too soon, broke it again. And the rehab and, and to just get on the field, which became so difficult, it really felt like I was I, I had a job, man. And and um, you know, and anything that you do, if you're passionate about it and you love it, it doesn't feel like a job. You have fun doing it. And at that particular point, it was just too much for me. And and look, I don't get it twisted. I know they probably wanted me to go home too, right? So they can yeah. move on and get someone else in there to play. But for me, I felt like it became more and more of a job. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, and you became Derek Eater. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And in that moment, in that moment when uh, when you were retiring and and the camera cut to the crowd and we see your nephew tip yeah. the re- respect hat at you. That to me proves that clutch gene is hereditary because you obviously were the, maybe the clutchest player in, in Major League Baseball history. And then your nephew, the camera happens to be on him and executes the most perfect, the cutest cap tip to you oh, of man, all and time. It, and it's funny, you know, he's 11 years old now, so that just goes to show you how much how time flies. But you know, afterwards you hear people say, "Oh, it was rehearsed." <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't rehearsed. Even my last game, I heard people say uh, there are some people that said, "Oh, you know, David Robertson was supposed to come in and give up two home runs, and this is just how they planned it all." <laughs> it's like, yeah, we all sat down and planned it out. Yeah, it was like Nathan for you yeah. episode. It's, or, it's a testament to your career that it's you know ended the way it did, and it was uh, a storybook from start to finish. But uh, we appreciate this so much. We'd love to have you on again whenever you're free. Want to talk baseball? Um, check out Greatness Wins. Uh, you can buy new athletic apparel there. You're going to send us a gift basket? Uh, yeah. See, yeah. I'm going to send okay. you some stuff. Yeah, I'm going to send nice, you some Nice, nice, nice. I get nervous with that the gift basket comment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Oh, what are you talking about? No, nothing. Not we'll familiar. talk about it next time. Next time oh. I come, we'll be in, we'll be in uh, person. Oh, but great. Yeah, all right. So get a chance to see Jake. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I want you to come in person because it would be great to do like a, a long interview in person, but we'll also have to maybe have you come like in the middle of the night because some, some of the dudes in the office would like – you actually have people who want to fight you in this office and people who would who would be like, please marry me, Derek Jeter. So it would it would run the gamut. Oh, that's pretty good. But we'll get it. I'll get you guys some product. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks it. so much. I appreciate it, guys. Take care now. Derek Cheater is brought to you by our great friends over at Pardon My Cheesesteak. I had a part of my cheesesteak on Sunday. It was delicious. I had the Chipotle cheesesteak. I had the fries with the cheese, with the steak. I had the brownie bites. It was a delicious meal. I loved every second of it. Part of My Cheesesteak is a delivery and pickup-only restaurant brand that brings you craveable cheesesteaks and loaded fries. Pardon My Cheesesteak is now available in hundreds of select locations nationwide. 
with new locations being added every single week. Their menu features 6-inch and 12-inch classic cheesesteaks, chipotle cheesesteaks, or buffalo chicken cheesesteaks, plus loaded fries and dessert brownie bites. Get lunch, dinner, or late-night delivery. And we're open seven days a week. Go to partofmycheesesteak.com to learn more and order now on DoorDash, Uber Eats, Postmates, or Grubhub. Now here's one question with Gardner Minshew. And now for something completely different. Okay, one question with a quarterback. We now welcome on our good friend, recurring guest, Gardner Minshew, who, when we came up with this idea, um, I actually called you. Uh, you went, went straight to voicemail, but you were on our list. So, one question with a quarterback. Uh, PFT, you want to start with your first question? Sure, yeah. Um, so, like, how good are the Eagles right now? Mm. Dude, you're as good as what your record says you are. So we're pretty freaking good, man. It's been a lot of fun watching those guys get after it. And, um, I think our best ball is ahead of us. Okay. Um, my one question was, um, Gardner, I know that you, uh, you know, you're a tough guy. We, we've had you on the show. You talked about having to break your own hand, um, which was a crazy story. If the doctors were to x-ray your heart, how many dogs do you think would be in there? Man, that's a good question. Uh, but you know, I don't, I don't know if it's about the number of the dogs, but the size of the heart and the dogs. Um, okay. And my dogs have big hearts, and so I'd say there's probably about two dogs with very big hearts. Okay, okay. I like that. That's, it feels like, it's, yeah, it's like the size of the dog in the fight. Yeah, you've got small dogs, yeah. but if you X-ray them, your dogs yeah, have dogs in deeper. them. Yeah. It's like a Russian you know, nesting doll of dogs. Yeah. I, I like that. You just keep going in and it's exactly. just for infinity. Dogs, dogs on dogs yeah. all the way down. Um, do, you, do you have a question dogs for dogs. us? Because that was our questions. No, man, I, I, I'm really good. I was prepared to answer questions, not really ask. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Perfect. Awesome. They, well, thank, thank you, you Gardner. Yeah. We appreciate it. Interviews usually go. Like, yeah, but this that, is one question, so we don't really – we get one question with you and then – I don't know. Sometimes the quarterback has a question for us. Yeah, like you can ask us literally anything about anything. Man, shit! You're really putting me on the spot, dude. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Mm. Um, mm. Who would win in a fight between you two? Mm. Uh, fight to the death. I, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> I do have the size. I'm, um, I'm injured right now, but low man wins. I think PFT probably would. I think if. <laughs> It would honestly be, be a better fighter, fight. but I think my size would probably win out because I could just tire him out. Like if I just lay, lay on, him, on him, yeah, you know yep. when you watch like one of those miss like old school UFC mismatches where it's like, yeah. oh, this little guy definitely could have beaten the big guy, but the big guy just laid on him long enough that he just tired him out. That would be my strategy. You're like the mountain, in, yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones, kind yeah. of, yeah. My Not strategy, really. I would like a trash, pretty heat. much. Yeah, I would just try to run around the ring as much as possible, and I would probably never even throw a punch. I just hope that he got so tired that he'd pass out from yeah. just walking around the ring. Which is definitely a possibility. You got strategy. Yeah. You yeah. have strategy. Yeah. But I think it comes down to dogs and heart, honestly, and the heart and the dogs. That's yeah. true. I don't that's know if true. my dogs have dogs inside of them yet. I just got an x-ray yesterday, and it was dogless. Yeah. So that's concerning to me. Yeah. Yeah, so probably not. Okay, well, um, Gardner, thank you for joining us. Uh, we might call on yeah. you again later on this year, but you're the man. And uh, that was one question with Gardner Minshew. Right on, fellas. Good to see y'all. All right, see you, man. One question with Gardner Minshew is brought to you by HelloFresh. You have a packed schedule this fall? Well, HelloFresh has meals covered with a weekly selection of 30-plus recipes and 70-plus convenience items, all delivered to your door. 
Now, more than ever, we're looking at ways to save some money. In fact, HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout, and it's even cheaper than grocery shopping. You can enjoy the freshest fall flavors. Every HelloFresh recipe includes ripe, just-picked produce that travels from the farm to your door in less than a week. And there's always something new on the menu, from family-friendly to fit and wholesome, or even veggie recipes. There's something to please everyone. You can easily customize your meals with Hello Custom by swapping proteins or sides, upgrading to choice proteins, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. It's never been easier to eat your way. Go to HelloFresh.com slash PMT65. Use the code PMT65 for 65% off, plus free shipping. That's 65% off. You go to HelloFresh.com slash PMT65. Use the code PMT65. You get 65% off, plus free shipping. I love HelloFresh. They've got the best flavors. It's very, very fresh, convenient, healthy, nutritious, and delicious, and super easy to prepare. I love HelloFresh. When that box gets to my door, it's a great day at my household. HelloFresh.com slash PMT65. Use code PMT65 for 65% off, plus free shipping. Okay, let's wrap up with some guys on chicks. Then we'll do the lottery ball machine, which Hank, you've never had, right? I ain't no Hank won. That? Hank won. never won that, right? Sup, slim thick cat, <laughs> ghost of Manhattan, and Henry, my sister, twenty two, and her boyfriend recently flew out to visit my boyfriend and I for the first time. My boyfriend and I share a one bedroom, one bathroom apartment. Apartment. Hmm. They wrote that twice. Not I didn't read it twice. Where the bathroom? You did read it twice though. That's true. Uh, where the bathroom has two doors, one connected to the hallway and one connected to the bedroom. Mm. The first night I was in bed and heard both of them go into the bathroom. Mm. It sounded like my sister was brushing her teeth and her boyfriend began peeing loudly next to her for a good 30 seconds. I found it very weird since they've only been dating a couple months and made it so obvious. My boyfriend of three years has never peed in front of me. Mm-hmm. Is peeing in front of your girlfriend weird? And after how long of dating is that acceptable? Uh, P.S. You still got to do a gravity bong with Jilly. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Yes. We make a lot of promises. Uh, no, you're weird. You're yeah. very weird. Like, peeing in front of a girl is maybe, I'd say, week two. Well, here's the problem. The only problem with peeing in front of it's, it has nothing to do with, like, ew, that's gross. It's just if you pee in front of a girl, you better have your aim right. Because if they see what, you know, when you fuck up, they're like, wait, what? You guys miss? It's like, yeah, we miss a lot. I think the bigger issue a is lot, a lot. Uh, if you pee in front of a girl, the real danger is that you might fart. And yeah. so that's that's one where you got to make sure that you've got a couple feet separation there. Yeah, but that's totally normal. I don't see what the problem is. Again, it, the only problem in my eyes is aim is is a question um, that comes up all the time where it's like, you know, you ever have like one of those where you where you're like so hungover, like you just you just totally miss and like you're just peeing on the wall and shit like that will happen from time to time. You pee on the wall. Yeah, well, oh, no, yeah. you're just like, yeah, you'll just be like, uh, like you're you're it's like LeBron up. seeing three rims. Yeah, you're fucked you're up or you're insanely toilets. hungover and you're just like, oh, fuck. And like, it's all over the place. There could be disasters. Yeah, you just go hands free and it just. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you sometimes like take a little and risk. I, I yeah, do, where you're well, like, that's, I'm that's just going to chill pee. out. The sex pee is a little but bit But sometimes different. that happens when you're hung. Uh, sometimes yeah, I do. It's just like, I, yeah. I've never hit the wall hung over. You're kind of half asleep. It's yeah. This, the sex pee is an issue. Sometimes also Ooh, what well, you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Breaking news. I've had sex. Well, we were talking at about least, hangovers. It, yeah. No, but that I did bring up the me, myself, the me, myself, and Irene, which is the sex pee. Yeah. But then the lean over is my move when I'm hungover, where you just like put your your forearm on the wall and lean forward and just let gravity almost pull your pee down. Well, the big way you miss is when you have a boner in the morning. 
Right, or, uh, yeah, like, when yeah. you're super hungover and you, like, especially if you have, like, like, crazy hangover and you try to do the thing where you drink a shitload of water the night before, before you went to bed to fix it, and then you have, have to pee so bad. But when, I think the question, too, and it deserves to be asked, when, when does this happen in a relationship? I think really soon, like, yeah. I, I've never been afraid to pee. I mean, you yeah. guys know I can pee in front of anybody, Ed Sheeran, girlfriends, doesn't matter. But it's never been a question, like... I don't know, peeing in front of somebody is pretty normal, I think. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Yeah. First right. first month, no problem. You're the weird one person who wrote in. I think after they see your dick, there's no more surprises left. Correct. Okay. Uh, to Chicago Cat, DCPFT, Boston Hank, and Philly Max. My fiancé and his oh, brother. Jake and, and Billy just get nothing. Probably my fiancé and his brother are planning a joint bachelor party for next spring but have no ideas on where to go, things to do, etc. Do you have any ideas? For context, they are Philly-based, late 20-somethings, and Vegas and Atlantic, and Atlantic City are out. Uh, P.S. Go Birds. Don't do this. Delco. <laughs> don't do this. Don't do this. This is a bad idea. The joint bachelor party is a bad idea. You can pretend Why? it's a good idea. You can pretend like, oh, this would be fun. One side is not happy about this. It could be the girl, could be the guy. I'm not saying one way or the other. Or do you think it could be one of the guy's groups? No, no, no. But, like, yes, there will be one side that is very upset about this and, like, what are we doing here? And there's one side of the the uh, bride, the husband and the bride, who are, like, being like, I'll go along with this. But deep down, they don't really want to do it. You Don't do it. The only way this can work, the only way, is if you have about a 90% clearance rate on both sides of the groomsmen and the bridesmaids being single. If that's the case, then it could be fun because then there's hookups happening and everyone's going to be happy and horny, et cetera, et cetera. That's the only way that it works. But if that's not the case, I I think it's going to be a a bad idea. It's never fun. I I went on, I I don't want to get into it because the person's probably listening, but I went on a joint bachelor, bachelorette party. And it sucked. And it's just like, you're always, you're always looking over your shoulder and there's just too many people that are involved with different agendas at the same time. It's tough. Yeah. This is, and again, this is goes for both ways. Like, I bet you the girls want to have a girl trip where they don't have to, like, think about, you know, being around dudes all the time. Like, that's, this is just, come on. Come on. Don't do it. And if you were going to do it, I guess do to Vegas because then you all get split up anyway. So that would be the answer. If you're going to do the joint bachelor party, do Vegas and then just get split up so much that you don't. I, I think you're miss, I think you misheard it. It's, 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 Brother and brother-in-law, I think, are doing... My fiancé and his brother. Oh, well, we oh, have to redo this whole question. Yeah. So, okay, so now it's just... Well, when were you going to tell us that part? Oh, well, I, t- I was trying to explain it, and then once you explained it, I was like, I don't think I just heard joint bachelor party, so or it, bachelor and bachelorette party. I it's a like, shitload of dudes. Oh. Like. Shitload of Philly. Also, don't do this. Yeah. This is also a bad idea. This actually might be a worse idea. That's what I was saying. Yeah. It's like no, one no, of the groups do of friends doesn't want to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Don't do that. So, all right. So, everything we said stands for the the joint guy-girl bachelor party, but also, that's too many Philly dudes. Unless they're, they're going to all fight. Unless they're all single, and then they'll start hooking up with each other. Yeah, that part no, still that's, that's, that counts. You already have to deal with, like, if you have a bachelor party, you already have to deal with the fact that you have friends from different points in your life to then add a whole other group of friends from different points in their lives like and don't do that that's a bad idea just say you're going to just wait till the eagles play the raiders and then all of you guys go to vegas together that's a way better idea 
Okay. That was a wild question. Sorry, but I just completely misheard. I heard joint, and I just was like, don't do it. So my, my general policy is any bachelor party that's over, I'd say maybe nine people, is going to be tough enough to handle. When you combine them, then you get all the little politics that starts to get played inside of one normal bachelor party, and you combine it with a bunch of friends that have never met each other before Correct. in the first place. They're all going to end up hating each other, and that's a best-case scenario. Yeah, think about like trying to go to a club in Vegas with 25 dudes. That's what you're going to have to do if you combine bachelor parties. Somebody's going to be like, I don't want to split this tab evenly because I didn't get any appetizers. Imagine that times, that like, person times like three. That person sucks. Uh, all right. We'll end with another Eagles question. Mm. My boyfriend is a Panthers fan, and I'm an Eagles fan. We have an extra TV we put out on the weekends to watch football. It's sick. The issue we've been having is when both our teams are playing, we both obviously want to watch it on the bigger TV. Mm. This usually turns into a problem. We get the Panthers game on the local channel, and I have the Eagles on the ticket, so I'm able to switch to other games on commercial breaks. The Panthers are also really fucking bad, and I feel yeah, sorry for him sometimes. That's the biggest one. However, that doesn't justify putting a shitty game on the bigger TV. Yeah, no. Is this fair? It, it, yes, it's very fair. I don't think Panthers... You should never strive to put a Panthers game on a larger TV. If anything, you should buy a special smaller TV for Carolina Panthers games. We do this in the office. Like you, had, the, the teams that are good get TVs. Like last week... I put the Bears on the fucking quad box. I had to squint to see it because the Bears-Texans was not a good game. So it's like you just have to do it by hierarchy of, like, are these teams good? And, yeah, we we actually probably have a lot of teams that are probably going to be relegated this year to uh, the, the quad box. Yeah, mercifully. Like, yeah. I actually actually, think- the Bears are not quad box right now. They're two and one Bears versus two and one Giants. Your boyfriend's kind of a sicko for wanting to watch the Carolina Panthers play. Yeah. But you get, in terms of, like, it's just basically a quality, like, how good. It's hard. It is hard at the beginning of the season because you, no one's mathematically eliminated. And you can be like, you can convince yourself, oh, they're a frisky one and two. But as the season goes along, if the Eagles keep winning and the Panthers keep losing, the Panthers don't get the main TV. Like, use your head. Come on. Just put it. You got to. They, they get relegated. It's very simple. It's like well, if you're a t- if you're a uh, uh, network executive, what would you want Monday Night Football to be? The Panthers or the Eagles? I think there's like a hand. There's like six teams that should never have lay any sort of claim to being on the bigger TV if mm-hmm. there's an option. Yeah, and I think unfortunately the Panthers are in that conversation. Yes, Hank, is it going to be weird that you're going to be quad boxed this year? Because that is kind of weird. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, they're they're bringing back the red jerseys, which uh, you know everyone's been waiting for a long time. It's going to be fucking Brian Hoyer. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that is Pat the Patriot going to be up there on the helmet? Yeah. What happened to Billy Zappi? Wow. Brian, you know. Brian, Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. Brian, I mean, you got to no. give Brian Hoyer another chance. I, it's, I, have, it's actually, not, I have a crazy. It's not Brian Hoyer. Know. It's Axel Hoyer. Yeah, what the fuck's up with yeah, that? Yeah, his name's Axel. He's been going through life not calling himself Axel. Like, Axel is the name. Brian, Brian Hoyer is a better backup quarterback name. But Axel Hoyer, that dude will get in and fucking sling it. Brian yeah. Hoyer has lost 11 straight games as a starter, mm. dating back to 2016. You gotta, but Axel Hoyer has never lost a game. Also, that's still not even a full season of a sample size. You got you to gotta see how that plays out. He also had that great half season in, in Cleveland. You remember that? Yeah, and then he was like the, ACL. He was like the local hero, and it was like, wow, has Cleveland finally found their quarterback? He had the Mr. Hero advertisements and all that shit. This is Axel Hoyer, Hank. Just tell yourself it's Axel. Hank, you're going to the. It, it is kind of weird that the Patriots will be a quad box team. Yeah, and fucking yeah. There's there's 
idiot sports talk journalist being like, oh, you know, this is Belichick's last year. He's on the way out. Just, it starts so quickly. People. That, oh, really? What idiots are saying that, that? bothering you? Cow turd. People are Cow saying. Turd, yeah. People are saying uh, Belichick. The game has passed him by. No, he just whatever. I it's don't let irrelevant. it bother you. Yeah, don't let wow. it bother you. Don't let him get you down. Seventeen. Have you ever won this? He won last week. Oh yeah, he hasn't ever won this. Um, you're never going to win this, which is the best part. Want to bet seventy two? I mean, when are you going to give me to for 26. eternity? I still think I probably would take you not winning this. I'll take. Uh, 64. Oh, someone did the math. Speaking of six, are you, are you, are we going to talk about this earlier in the show? What? Are you starting to get worried? I don't know what we're 62. About. What are you worried about? Oh, the, yeah, we, we would have talked, the home runs. We talked about it. Yeah, we already talked about okay. it. Okay. Yes, yes. Breaking news, LeBron James. What you, 45, 45. What number are you, Hank? 17. LeBron James just tweeted accidentally instead of the kid from Akron. He tweeted the mid from Akron. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Fuck this. Oh, wait, what? 90. Not even close, Damn, Hank. Hank. Not yeah. even close. Not even close to close. Love you guys. Crocodiles are older than alligators.